0: Yeah, I had a hard day and it's a long way back to my home. Turn the radio on and my frown visit. Pretend that the horse count But nothing
1: amounts to anything until I hear it from you. Frank, Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010 XL 92.5 FM.
2: Hey, welcome in! Glad you're along for the ride on this Thursday installment of the program. Frangie and Carly Brooks, R.J. Saunders. Oh, so close! So close! So close!
3: You can't win them all. Is that?
2: Yeah. I guess that's the thing. But, but I tell you what, and I know we're we're, we're I've I've learned through social media, I didn't know this until social media, but maybe I kind of knew it, but I knew it, that if you ever in your life accept a moral victory, you're a bad, pathetic, pitiful, heathen human. Is that correct? Is that right? That's what I've heard. It's what oh, told. I didn't know that.
4: Because yeah, last night was absolutely a moral victory.
2: It, it, it was in the Moral Victory Hall of Fame, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, think, I mean look, listen, I'm sorry they lost the game. I wish they had won the game. I, I I never let myself believe they were winning in, in, even in overtime while watching really Okay. yeah e- even uh, I, I just uh, because I said, well you know, because I think Alabama's really good they weren't. Alabama was going to have some stretch where they made a few threes right they, that was at some point at some point they were they were gonna they were gonna they were gonna make a few threes but I will tell you um the 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 lead to the show shouldn't be Florida's pretty damn good because they lost the game, Florida's pretty damn good. I, I i will tell you this. I said this in the handoff to matt and, and Joe and Mia. I'll say it here look, look the if they're an eight seed, you don't want John rothstein tweeted tweeted this, and I agree with it. You don't want to be the one I mean you want to be the one, but you don't want to be that's not the eight you want yeah i mean the 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 ones the the Yukons and the Purdues and the Arizonas of the world are hoping Florida gets to the sixth line, I'll bet you. Wouldn't you think? There's no doubt about
4: it, and, and I still think that they will. I'll be surprised if they end up in the 8-9. In the I, I think the stat that the committee is really going to focus in on when it comes to Florida is the fact, and we've talked about this, that they have yet to lose a game that's outside of quad one, uh, and I don't see them doing that. Uh, they'd have to lose to either one of the two Vandy games or at home to Missouri. Uh, losing at home to Alabama, that would be a quad one opportunity losing on the road to South Carolina. That's a quad one opportunity. So as you look at it, if, and then I have to assume in the SEC tournament, um, yeah, my guess is they're not going to take what, if they lose in the SEC tournament, it's going to be in my opinion, a quad one game. So looking at it, I mean, the only teams right now in the nation, and this fluctuates because like Auburn wasn't on this list, now they, now they are back on this list. Uh, Dayton lost, so they're now out of this list. But the only schools that have yet to take a quad 2, 3, or 4 loss are San Diego State, UConn, Houston, Purdue, Auburn, and Florida. There's six schools. That's got to count for something. I, I just don't think they're going to end up on the 8 line or the 9 line. Uh if, uh, if they beat the three gimmies that they should have, uh, and I do think they'll probably end up beating Alabama at home, and, and frankly, I think they're going to beat South Carolina on the road. I, it's hard to predict 5-0 and to close a season, but I feel great about all five of those games, particularly having watched last night against Bama. So uh, I think they're in great shape. I, I, it's an it's a excellent point, but I don't think the committee is going to put a team that, that didn't lose a quad two, three, or four game on the 8-9 line.
2: You wouldn't think, would you? Yeah, I mean, you, 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 would, you would think they've earned their way off that. And, and oh, by the way, Matt Hayes made this point too with the handoff to Lauren. I don't think they're done. I, I think they've lost twice now in the last two months or month and a half, whatever it is, twice. Both on the road, once by one point when they didn't play very well, once in overtime to a team that might be headed to the Final Four. So they are, they are playing at a really good and consistent level.
3: Aren't you already looking forward to the rematch with Alabama and Gainesville? Uh, no doubt about
2: it. I am. Yeah. I yeah. That I,
3: I think that is exciting, and also I think this team tournament. Is, we'll get to the the NCAA tournament when we get there. I'm looking forward to the SEC men's basketball tournament. Right. Like I think this team could potentially win the tournament.
2: They can. Yeah. yeah. That's what's exciting. They're certainly that team. They're certainly a team. They are built for the postseason. Uh, they've 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 got, they've got. St- size and they've got guards they don't have that swing man has anyone seen Riley Kugel by the way anyone <sighs> that we seen do him? need to talk about it, that. well
4: and by <laughs> the way let's be clear about this too you can't just abandon right Kugel
2: yeah it's not
4: which is what happened last night it's
2: not an injury because if it was an injury it would have been in every it would have been in Chris Harry's store and he wouldn't have it, played. yeah right right but it, but it wasn't even it wasn't even a minor if it was a minor oh, right yeah. if he was playing with a sore hammy correct and they tried it and he just couldn't give it a go we would know that. I, yes. I called around a little bit today, um, but if it was an injury, it was very. It was he was conspicuously absent from even Chris, who's a great reporter, but still works for the school, you know, and 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 even and even all the websites, the 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 Gator websites, he was conspicuously absent from even. Did you notice that? Yeah, there's not even a mention.
4: I was shocked by it. As yeah. the game was playing out, now Florida was playing so well, it was easy to you know, not get up in arms over it uh, because, you know, obviously you got a lead for, I mean, they dominate, not dominate, but they, they had control of the majority of that game. Uh, and, you know, and so it, I, w- I was surprised that Kugel wasn't getting more of a look. Uh, you know, but, but once you get to the end and you do lose the game, he can't abandon Riley Kugel. Like, that's a mistake. Like, Aberdeen can't be playing 10 minutes to Kugel's three. And the other thing with that is – We've talked about this. The pivot point for this team is they need either Will Richard or Riley Kugel to play well. When one of those two plays well, they have a great chance to win the game. And Richard did give them some scoring last night. He scored 17. But in 39 minutes, he had one rebound. Yeah. That's pathetic. Yeah, well, I mean, that is absolutely pathetic effort. Yeah, yeah. 39 minutes you're on the floor, right. and you get one rebound when their guards get pretty much all of them? Yeah, he,
2: and he's, a, he's
4: Richard a, should not have been on the floor for 39 yeah, minutes last and, night. Well,
2: and one of the things I'm going to get to that is a concern is, and by the way, this is before I get to that, there was another game when the same thing happened. What was the other game when Kugel barely played? I, same thing happened. Played I like was, three yeah. minutes. He played like three minutes. It was a road field. game. He played three minutes. And 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 uh and uh, Golden was asked afterwards. I could just tell he wasn't into it tonight. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm
4: sure that's. I'm, look. I'm yeah. sure it's a Riley mm-hmm. Kugel problem. Yeah. yeah. What
2: well, what happened? Well, I'm telling you what happened was that 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 he went out there. He had he had that travel. That, that, it was a travel, but also was, right. But he didn't he didn't get benched because of the travel. He obviously when he had the travel, he had a lack of energy. He had that pouty look he gets sometimes. He's very casual at times. The one thing that Kugel does, one of the reasons I think he's so turnover prone, is he's very casual. He has this casualness about him, and I think that probably happened. And I think when that happened, I think he, uh, honestly, I think Golden said, "No, not doing this. This is too big a game. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting him out there because he's not into it." Because I think when they showed him on the bench later, he's laughing and joking. He when when Samuel had the big dunk, yeah, he was cheering. He was cheering. Yeah. So so again,
4: but they've got to harness that. He, he can't, I agree with you. Make, agree with it, you. That can't yeah. be the norm moving so, forward. But it
3: was I, the
2: loss at Ole Miss, by the way. Okay, he, he played four minutes. Yeah, four minutes, and and, and he was asked afterwards at the Correct. loss at Ole Miss. He said, "Yeah, he yep. just didn't have it today." And so, so, but I, but again, if it was an injury, we would now know that he sprained his ankle in the walk in the walkthrough, tried to give it a go and couldn't go. Everybody would know that by now. The fact that we have not heard that—that that was a coach's decision. A, that it, we now know coach's decision, and we kind of know why. We we probably. He probably went out there kind of laissez-faire, casual. It wasn't a suspension or he wouldn't have played the 30 seconds. So, so if you're suspended, you don't play at all. So I thought, well, maybe you know, sometimes guys are suspended. They just don't tell you. He missed a class or whatever. Well, that didn't, that, he wouldn't have played at all if that was the case. If he was injured, you would know it. They would have said, you know, sprained an ankle and walked through, just couldn't go. Because we've heard none of that. That means it's, uh, it's coach's decision. So we'll talk about that. But anyway, a, a game a game worth talking about will be our lead story today uh, because that's the team that could get deep. The college football playoff, my goodness, it's not going to be 12 very long, is it? No. Did you see today's story? The, 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 today's Ross Dellinger, the latest? Maybe. The, the, la- the latest from Ross Dellinger today, essentially, and I'll get into it later. Don't want to scoop ourselves here. But uh, essentially implied that by 26, it'll be 14 teams. And four, as many as four, automatic qualifiers right. from both the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, that's so where it's headed. So, so, so it's almost like Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti said, "Here's what we're doing." Exactly what happened. It's, yeah. it's our right. party, right? Right. Here's, here's, here's that yes. you're invited. Correct. to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here's, here's what we're doing. Okay. We're going to go to 14. Now, nah, now nah, we're at 12. No, you're probably not listening. Let me, let me, let me say it slower. We're going to go to 14, and eight of those are coming from our leagues. That's what we're doing. well, no, that's not what we're, no, no, that's what we're doing uh in, in lieu of us going ahead and just having ours, right, Because if we have ours, then it'll be twelve, and it'll be six from each of our leagues, right. So, and so you're out. Yes, yeah, yeah, so you decide what you want. our 12 game party, where it's six of us and six of them, or your 14 team party, where it's eight of us and six of you, you decide that that's what happened here, and that's where we're headed. For now. Yeah, I, I think they're going to
4: their own party anyway. I think this is just another hurdle right. that they're going to have to get past. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be all that long. And t- 10 years from now, the SEC and the Big Ten will be doing their own thing, in my opinion. And I think the public is going to accept that whoever comes out of that is the legitimate national champion.
3: I think they'd accept that part of it. I think people, though, would be sad to lose yeah. so many teams. It, like, it, it, I mean, it, I think people are sad right now about the two teams in the Pac-12 that are just kind of
2: chilling. It won't be just the Big Ten and the, B, the SEC early on because there will be there'll be enough pushback early on. I don't know that you're wrong that it won't get there. I, I, but I, in two years... I do think we're getting to the 14, and, the, and, and eight of them are from those two leagues. So, we'll talk about that. It comes up on the program. The Jags have a full coaching staff. They announced a bunch of new hires. Uh, they made it official. We'll certainly talk about that. So, some Jaguar talk on the program today. Best fathers and sons, we never really got into that yesterday. We'll do some of that. The River City Rumble, by the way, comes up on Friday. Both teams have the whole week off. I like that. I like both teams have the midweek bye. That's going to be some night at Swisher Gym on Friday night.
4: It's an excellent test of, of coaching acumen because you have everything as a coach you would want. You've played them before, so obviously you can go off the first meeting. So, like you know, for Ju, that's going to be all right. We did a good job taking away their three, but they killed us inside. I think UNF shot like sixty-eight percent from the field on non-threes in that game. So there's an adjustment there for for the Dolphins. I you're rested, you know everybody's available. So I I think it's a it's a great test of both staffs to see the adjustments. There's no fatigue factor, no one has an advantage over the other from a rest standpoint. It should just be 40 minutes of outstanding basketball.
2: Yeah, and so um, I can't wait to see this. we got all kind of fun stuff going on. I'm fired up for today's program. So close. We want to start with the Gators in Alabama. We want to get to the Jags coaching staff. That comes up, the college football playoff, always in the news. we got an old rock Thursday because, of course, we do. It's a Stanley Pools Thursday. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlyle, I'm Lauren Brooks, and RJ Saunders. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. So
2: I watched this documentary. Hayes watched it. Lauren, have you watched it yet? You've been kind of busy. Not yet. A busy this has week. been a, yeah. an extraordinarily yeah, I busy week.
3: However, yeah. I, uh, I will have lots of time next week.
2: So what if I told you, Hayes Carline, who hails from the bowl school in the moss pit, you were going to get eight acts today that were <laughs> in that thing. <laughs> That's eight awesome. Eight different acts that were in that well thing. Well done. I'll you which ones. you probably guess them. Yeah. Hayes was probably a little yeah.
3: concerned like I, mean, I was. It was Lionel Richie all, Lion Ritchie. Ritchie the Ritchie all day. <laughs> as much yeah. as we appreciate Yeah, to
2: Yeah, I, uh, it's going to be eight different acts. That were in that documentary Love it That's a, and, and, and so, that's a tough cut yeah, it, it, it sure By is. the way It was a tough as hell cut yeah. By the way the, the backups could have played the starters but been a heck of a game Oh yeah I'm just telling you The, the backups and starters right. I don't know who wins Yeah And yeah, that's how good that cut would have been so,
3: I'm excited uh, This is awesome This
2: will be eight different acts the, the, the documentary is so good Turn that up a little bit the, 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 the documentary was so good And I tried to do Hayes and Lauren Songs that they had around then Yes. Okay. I don't know if that I hit it like that, you know. Right. The songs that not on songs I mean I mean I mean I mean, I mean Springsteen is does gonna be on it. Yeah, and no. I, he could have I mean spoiler. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Forty years, but i tried to hit have songs he did around that. Yeah. You know, so I I, I'm trying good. to
3: figure out what Michael Jackson's song That's gonna be.
2: Well, you know what? Let's see if he made the cut. I yeah. guarantee yeah. he
3: made the cut. Also, if, if, if,
2: if you were betting, <laughs> probably a pretty good chance you've he got made a, the cut. I would say you've got like a one in <laughs> four <laughs> chance yeah, 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 of getting probably, it. Yeah, he probably made the cut. So uh, so there you go. All right, uh, we're, hey, we're glad you're with us on this uh, program today. Frank Franchi, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders.
3: All right, so last night, Frank, you said you never thought Florida was going to win despite the fact that Florida had a double-digit lead yeah. in the second half. Is that because Florida, as they're wont to do, occasionally give yeah. up those leads, or is it just because it was in Alabama's gym?
2: Yeah, you know what? That, that's a great question. Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me edit what I said earlier. Okay. I said I never, I never thought they were going to win. I was never convinced they were going to win because I just knew Alabama was really good. Um, and I didn't want to allow myself to believe it because that would have been such a really good win for okay. them. Does that make sense? Yes, So, sense. So it's not because I, th- I expected them to blow the lead because the Gators always blow leads. Part of it was because they're in the gym. But I just said, don't let yourself believe. They're up 10 with six to play. Don't let yourself believe this is going to happen because I think at some point Alabama is going to start making a few threes.
3: Emotionally there. guarding your yeah, heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: um, but, but let me say this. Alabama's really good. They were down one player. This Florida basketball, that was a road game. Alabama's now won 16 games in a row at home in the SEC, which is one of the greatest streaks, in, not the greatest, but one of the best in, in league history. The league started in 1933. So that was a really good Alabama team. I, I, I didn't complain about this. Uh, even after the A&M game, Hayes, I said, hey, the, the whistle blows the way it d- does. Well, last night I thought they got a tough whistle now. I thought they got a, And I thought they got a tough lack of whistles. last Last night – I mean, the one where the guy elbowed him in the head, and yeah. yeah. if they called a foul on Condon. That yeah, was bad. Honestly, and I'm glad they didn't call. I'm not glad because I was doing it for Florida. I wish they had called it. But as a basketball observer, I would prefer they not call this at the end of the game because I think you ought to let them decide the game. I, I'm not someone that believes you call it. They say, well, if you call it with six minutes, you didn't call it at the end of the game. Well, I don't feel that way. I think at the end of the game, you let them play. But on the put at 94 93, when the Gators had the lead and Alabama missed the shot, the guy went right through pulling, the guy went over his back. To tip it to the other guy who made the the ultimately the the winning shot, and again I they didn't lose because of the officiating, but I mean it was a my point is they were against some odds. They didn't have Kugel because Kugel decided to check out. I guess they they were on the road against a team that's really good and really good at home, and they played great. I'm telling you that guard combination of Zion Pullen and Walter Clayton Jr. I'll say what I tweeted and what I've been saying. Don't miss a chance to watch those guys. They are really that good, man. Those guys are that good of players. They are that good at it. And uh, don't miss a chance to watch those guys. I, I what a, jo- what a joy it is to watch those two guards play. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. What a joy to watch those guys play. I mean, they don't have
4: down games. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, you can just count on Pullen and Clayton are going to be sensational every time they go out there. And and for college athletes, that is just. Spectacular, um,
3: especially because Google obviously is not like that.
4: No, and and you know, I mean, I think in in looking at it, it's it's one of those things. Now that I think for Todd Golden, the I, I agree with everything he said. I also thought Florida lost a street fight. Like Alabama won way more of the hustle plays than Florida, which is another reason why I like Florida's chances in the O Dome. Because normally the home team is going to fight a little harder, so and it's the last day, they're, the last game that they're going to play there for the season. So, um, but they lost it last night. I'm shocked Florida lost the rebounding battle by 10, and I do not put that on the front court because I thought Han Logden, Samuel Condon, Hauk didn't play much. But to me, it wasn't so much a Bigs problem; it was the guards. I mean, the guards just showed no interest in rebounding, and to Alabama's credit and this was brought up on the broadcast several times, Nate Oates obviously challenged his guys. Look, they're bigger. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to want it more for us to hang with them from a rebounding standpoint. Well, they not only hung with Florida, they dominated the glass against Florida. That's going to change when they play in Gainesville, in my opinion. So, you know, again, there was a lot of things to be hopeful about. I think this is the last moral victory that Florida are, will take this season. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there won't be any moral victories for losing at South Carolina. Florida's better, and they should win that game. There won't be any moral victories for losing a close game at home to Alabama on senior day. That's a game they've got to get. And, and I think it is a fair expectation to expect a deep run in the SEC tournament. They may not get it. Uh, I don't think they match up particularly well with Tennessee. But other than Tennessee, I think they match up well with anybody else in the conference. And so – I, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it develops. Kentucky lost uh, to LSU. Did you see the end of that? Oh, it was unbelievable. So Florida is still right in the mix to be a four seed. They're tied with Kentucky for fifth, but I believe South Carolina is going to continue to fall back. So I think, you know, getting that double by getting into the quarterfinals uh, Friday night and that being your SEC debut uh, in the tournament, I think would really help Florida. One thing that I will say, he's gotta start being cognizant of minutes. Now this game went to overtime. Well, the same thing. And you know, and, and so but Will Richard cannot be playing thirty nine minutes and Pullen and Clayton cannot be playing forty minutes in a basketball because game. Because they were like, tired at the end. Oh yeah. The, like, and
2: that, that affected the end of the game. You say Alabama's guys played a lot too. Well maybe they're in better shape or maybe they substituted more. I realized but Florida was out of gas.
4: Out of gas. And and now with Vanderbilt coming up, Missouri coming up and another game against Vanderbilt. I'd like to see him, you know, obviously need to win the games, but it would be great if Florida, in those three games, can assert themselves early and have the reserves play a little bit more of a role because that I am concerned about that. Like, the minutes that Pullen and Clayton have been uh, logging, that's a concern as you start to get to this time of the year.
3: Here's why I think Florida was tired and, and why the minutes certainly should concern you a little bit. Florida's last two games, they had to battle to win. To beat LSU, very close game, and then certainly battle back from the deficit against Georgia at Georgia. Alabama, the last two games, they skated to easy victories. So not only are they at home, Florida had to travel. And it may sound like an excuse, but I do think at this point in time in the season, your legs are a little tired.
2: Okay, here's the comment. You ready for this? (laughs) Recency bias. I would now be surprised if they're not at least a sweet 16 team. I would be too. I would be surprised. And and I'm not over the top guy, man. But I would be su- I've watched enough now. I've watched yeah. these last night. I would now be surprised if I don't care where they're seated. I would be surprised if they don't win twice. Now, part of that is I, do- I think they're going above the eight line or below whatever you call it. I mean they're going, yeah. they're going to going better well, finishes than- a six, yeah. Five yeah or I six. think they're going to be. An- I think there will be a five or six, which means they'd have to beat a three if nobody loses, rather than have to or you know, rather than have to beat or five or a four or three. Rather than have to beat a one or a two, so that's one of the reasons I think that, but I uh yeah, I think uh I'd be surprised if and if they get to the sweet 16 under this guy in his second year, boy, extend him, pay him, lock him, you know whatever I, I mean this is and they are a well-coached team man. Jimmy dykes kept saying it last night coming out of coming out oh, of timeouts. phenomenal. he draws stuff up I, I you know what everybody wants to wants to beat up Scott Strickland. And it's too early. I'm not. I don't need to canonize uh, Todd Golden yet. But Scott Strickland went and found this guy. No, he wasn't on anybody in the South's radar. Okay, he he wasn't. He just came out of nowhere and, went, and And I can. I'll I'll tell you a story. Jeremy Foley and Scott Strickland are still very close friends. Okay, and when and 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 I'm friends with Scott, and I'm really good friends with Jeremy. I'll tell you a full story. So the minute Mike White was out, okay, thought to Scott for a minute, but I'm not close enough to Scott to say, what are you gonna do? Right? And and then I called Jeremy. I am close enough to Jeremy to say, what's Scott gonna do? You know, you know, I mean I really sure. was. And I called this was right afterwards, maybe a day or two after. And Jeremy goes, Well, I'm not gonna tell you, because that wouldn't be fair to Scott, but he's got his guy. And this was maybe I don't know, man, maybe a day. A day – it was really close. Oh, it was close. a quick process. It was, it was a day or two after. I said, Jeremy, what's he going to do? He says, I'm not going to tell you. That's not fair to Scott, but he's got his guy. And I said, okay. You like who he's got? He said, no, I trust Scott. He said – but he said it definitively. He said – and remember, it happened fast. He said he's got his guy. And then uh, – and the next thing you know, Todd Gold, we, the word gets out. Because Roxy called me. My buddy Roxy, who's real close buddies with Golden. they spent holidays together. When I, and he said, you're going to love this. Before it was announced, when, it, when it, we all knew it was – Roxy, you're gonna love this. Remember, I think we had Roxy on. Mm-hmm. At the we were at Strings. Remember that, and um, so Gifts, if it turns out if Todd Golden winds up being what it looks like he is, give everybody wants to beat up Strickland. Give him credit for this one, though. This was his guy. Remember, Mike White was his hire. You know, Mullen was his hire, and Mullen at first was pretty good. You know, then I don't out. blame
4: Strickland for Mullen. Yeah, yeah, at is. all.
2: Yeah, and so, so, and if he gets this one right. Yeah, so I mean, and again, I'm I'm defending Scott a little bit because he's my buddy. But of all the people that, that that really want to get on Scott Strickland, he went and found this guy. This wasn't an easy. This one didn't fall in his lap. This wasn't an automatic. You know, I mean, it, this was pretty good here. This was Jeremy Foley going and finding Billy Donovan. When Jeremy Foley went and found Billy Donovan, people said, "What are you doing?" He's been a Marshall coach for two years. He's under 500. He can't get he's, into a
4: PG 13
2: move. He's 12. Exactly. <laughs> I thought the same thing. What are you doing? Well, that turned out okay. Yeah. But that was Jeremy Foley. That didn't fall on his lap. That was Jeremy Foley going and finding him. I, I think it's great that Bill Arnsbarger hired Steve Spurrier in 1990, but it wasn't exactly a hard hire. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you kind of knew that one, right? This was, a, this was, if again, I'm getting ahead of myself. They may lose the rest of their games and, and not be nearly as good as I think they are. But if he's what he turns out with, Lauren, if it's what it looks like he's going to be, if it, if that's what this is, then I got to tell you um, Scott Strickland deserves a big tip of the cap on this one.
3: He certainly does. And I think Strickland assumed that Golden would bring that offense with him and and he was absolutely correct. That's what you're seeing. I think it it may give Frank Gator fans some hope that, that if he does have, if Strickland has to f- hire another football coach that, he would do a better job than the first time around.
2: Yeah, and again, he hired Dan Mullen, who was good at first, okay? If he – let's assume – let's assume just for the sake of the conversation that Napier's got all those guys coming in, shocks the world and wins eight games this year, Mm -hmm. sticks around, and then Lagway's playing next year and they're really good. Well, then all the stuff on Strickland, everybody's got to reel that back. Absolutely. Because he's done a damn good job with facilities. He's – fundraising, facilities, he's been excellent. It looks like he might have been excellent in hiring his basketball coach. We'll see. We'll see. So, but, um, yeah, again, I, I – <laughs> it was weird. I guess I'm one of those bad people that allows moral victories because I was disappointed they lost. I wasn't even upset last night. I, I, I was – I wasn't I I, really either. I, I, was, I was like, look, this is they're, – they're, they're good. My, my first thought was they're good when the game ended. That was my first thought was – When's the last time I felt this way about a Gator basketball team? I guess in seventeen, when we all watched the Chiosa mm-hmm. game and on the way back from a spring training trip, I, I get you know. I,
3: I think more twenty fourteen was probably the last yeah. time you felt well, this way. Yeah, and, and I'm not, not and just th- you, but everyone. yeah, and
2: they're not fourteen good. No, they're they're, they're not. I'm not gonna. They might be. Well, well, you At know least what? That, yeah. let, let me change my mind. They might be, but they're not necessarily fourteen good. yet. fourteen won thirty games in a row. You yeah. know, so but uh, but it's been a long point is it's been a long time since I felt like this. Yeah, and
4: and my point is that what whatever they become could be among the the great teams that Florida has fielded. I, you know, Golden said it last night. You know, I think we have a, a chance to have a really special end of the season. I think he's absolutely right because of all the the things we've talked about. They just have so many paths to winning. And look, they're not going to encounter another environment like that again this year. You know, there somebody's going to have to beat Florida on a neutral court in both the SEC tournament. And in the NCAA tournament, I, I, I think that means something. And, and so last night was the final game like that they're going to have. Obviously, it won't be a raucous crowd uh, in Nashville when they play Vandy. And South Carolina will be a good crowd, but they're not nearly as good as Alabama. And so, uh, you know, I, I think in looking at it, I think the opportunity is there for Florida to really hit the accelerator. And, you know, to be honest, it would have been obviously great to get the win. What what really hurts is now you're not going to win the SEC and and while that was a long shot anyway now it's completely removed from the picture so you know to be honest the next five become somewhat meaningless because Florida's in the tournament they'd have to really mess up to not get in and you know I, I mean you're 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 really just jockeying for six seed seven seed something like that now when you get into the SEC tournament you know it picks back up because I think they absolutely could go win that and that would be a spectacular accomplishment. And again, you know, in terms of Todd golden and where this thing is headed, he's now going to be able to go and, and sell a much better product than he could this past off season when he was coming off a losing season. I, uh, you know, the fact that again, they're seventh in the nation now and scoring at 85.1 points a game, that's going to get the attention of every player in the portal uh, that wants to go play in that conference in that style, in that, on that campus with that weather. Uh, Florida, and obviously the education uh, aspect to it, uh, the tradition aspect to it, the fact that you know you can win it all there, uh, he has a lot to offer uh, kids in the portal. So there's no reason to think that this should cool off.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves because season's not over and, and there's a lot more to play. By the way, I have a complaint that the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament is the same week as the Players' Championship because it's in Nashville, and how much fun would that be? Yeah, It always is.
4: I know. Because, I mean, there's been, so, there's been a lot of years where we, <laughs> we scramble to go watch <laughs> a Correct. game.
2: Correct. I said, uh, one year, we, were, we, we needed to watch it. So we went to the Marriott, yeah. which is – so we, we took the little – the bridge or the little boat or however you, you – yeah. ran remember that? <laughs> yeah. And we're, and we're watching our watches. Right. We got to go on the air here. Yeah. We well, can't go yet. It's going overtime. Right. We can't yeah. leave now. So we scrambled. There was about. one year
3: you guys missed a Gator basketball game. I watched it at the players, but you guys had to go to a Jaguars press conference. I want to uh, say it was, it was Nick was. Foles. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, okay. I want to say that's what that it was. was uh, that
2: uh, was, that was remember, time but, of my but, life also. I, <laughs> but I remember sitting in that bar at the Marriott yeah. Watching our watches right. as much as we were watching the oh, game yeah. and scrambling back. So that was and then
4: it. I think we had to watch the actual conclusion at behind the seventeenth. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, T box. Okay, because we were in the benefactor. Okay, I think. that's what, that, unless I'm we, mixing up yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. There was one one year where I th- we watched the end in the benefactor in Florida won on a walk off.
2: Yeah, here's one thing I do know is that they, God forbid, they get the nine o'clock game one time. So we're home. Well, they yeah. will
4: <laughs> now that they're not the six. You know. <laughs> If now they get one of the, the good seeds, now they're not the 14th seed. Yeah, exactly. I Ohio. mean, with Mike White, that was uh, the thing. It was always like, you know, somewhere between the six and the nine seed. You know, and you always
2: got that first right. slot out of the right. gate. We'll take a break. The Jaguars uh, have a coaching staff. They've named a bunch of new guys. Uh, we'll assess that. It comes up after this. Um,
3: and I think we have a scholar, and scholar athlete. And we also in have too. a
2: Duval County scholar athlete. So we'll talk about a Duval County scholar athlete, and we'll talk Jaguar coaching. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show.
3: Her hair is hollow gold. Is that what you wanted?
2: See? Exactly what I want. Like, that wasn't going to make it, right?
3: Like, and
4: Cinderella has arrived at the big dance. <laughs> right. Kim Carnes like, like that has punched her it.
2: ticket. Like, that wasn't making it, huh? I, lo-
3: I love it. Even though we just heard it, I absolutely love it.
2: Tell people why it's on, why we're we playing it.
3: Yes, from the greatest night of pop, or in pop, uh, the documentary that both of you watched that you've coerced Should me into watching. And I promise I will next week. I can't wait to see it. And, uh, yeah, Betty Davis' Kim Carnes was shockingly in the, the making of We Are the World.
2: By the way, did you go back and watch the video after watching the documentary? I haven't. I went back and watched but the But I've video. seen it. Yeah, I mean, oh, and yeah. We, yeah, right. We all saw it at the time a yeah. I forget. You know what's seven minutes long? I forgot about it's, that. It's seven minutes. It's, wow. it's a seven-minute-long song video because they, they got them all in. Yeah, well.
3: did they, I don't remember back then. Did they put We Are the World on the radio, like mainstream radio? Yeah,
2: they st- Yeah, they played it at the same time. They, they All the radio stations played it at the same time. They launched it at like 754. Ah, okay. All, all over the country. <clears throat> they launched all it all over the world. All over the world. They yeah. launched it at the same time. It was all play, it was okay. played for the first time. And, uh, but I went back and watched it. I think it. it got a fair amount of airplay. Yeah. Yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, and, like okay. Once it debuted. Yeah. And it was, and Hayes made a good point yesterday. Now, it was pop. If you didn't love pop, you probably didn't love the song, like you didn't. Like you didn't yeah. love the song at the time, you know, but. Uh, um, but it was, yeah, I went back and watched the video. I watched it was seven, seven minutes in change, wow. but it was really, it's really good. And
4: I will say, I mean, considering when, when you, when you realize how quickly they put it together, I mean, it's a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> considering how long it takes to produce like a, a studio record. So, uh, no, it was, it is, it, it's a fun documentary. I, I will say Kim Carnes though. I had her as like a 12th seed <laughs> making this list. Yeah, they, they, so yeah, that, yeah. Well, so that was, a, mean, that was a big one.
2: Well, the next time all we're because all, of me. The yeah. next time we're all I mean, great. I love Kim <laughs> the, the, I, Well, then, well I, I, love, I love Betty Davis. Eyes, well, the ne- so the, well, the I don't next, know that I can name another Kim Karnes well, song. Well, the next time <laughs> no we're at a bar, bar together and we've all had too much to drink and you and I take Brooks one arm at a time. We, yeah. both, have, we both have one arm We we force we her up to the up karaoke there, yeah. stage. That's why we played this. The trick to
3: karaoke is you have to find the sweet spot of how many drinks, right? Like you can't do it right away, right when you get to the bar, but you certainly can't do it later in the night. And so it really, you have to find the exact sweet spot. After like two drinks, you got to get your song in and then you're just done. Uh, All right, let's get it to Jaguars coaching staff. We already knew Ryan Nielsen would be the defensive coordinator, uh, but Hayes, they rounded out the rest of the staff and we had heard, I would say rumors about quite a few of these guys. Uh, What did you think once you saw the list?
4: Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, it's you know, it's it's guys that that Nielsen knows. Um, you know, it's some guys are inexperienced. It's their first time in the NFL, but you know that's fine. The uh, running backs coach, the the defensive line coach, doesn't have a lot of experience in the NFL. But um, but look, I mean, it's in my opinion, those guys. It's the odds that they're going to dramatically affect the season is low. So I uh, you know I have you know, trust in Doug Peterson. And, you know, I'll give Ryan Nielsen the benefit of the doubt that, you know, the guys that he brought in that, that he wanted, you know, it makes sense. So I had no problems with the staff. I'm not doing like cartwheels, but there was nothing on there that I was like, wow, that seems like, you know, really egregiously wrong. I mean, it, you know, it's just, it, I, I think it's one of those things that it's a story because they just announced it, but we get to like week four or week five and 90%, 90%, if you're not a coordinator, mm-hmm. we're not talking about like, why is the defensive line coach not producing a good defensive line?
2: Yeah, I agree with that. But here's what I took out of it. By the way, they announced, they announced uh, 10 coaches today. All right. Of the 10, uh, three offensive guys Jerry Mack, the running back's guy, Greg Austin is an assistant O line guy, and they got uh, Jamel Mutunga, I think I'm saying that right, is an offensive quality control guy. The other seven are defensive coaches. So what it tell, and obviously Nielsen, one of those. What it tells me, Lauren, is what I've been saying all along. They think this is their window. They think they've got Trevor Lawrence and they've got Doug Peterson and they've got Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram signed up and and they're going to have Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen opposite each other on that defensive line rushing the passer. And they like their two inside linebackers. And I think they think this is their window. Let's go do this. Ryan, you're our guy. You build the staff. Let's go. This is not a this is and, and, and to to your point, Ace, I don't pretend to know anything about any of the guys other than Nielsen because we learned a lot about him. It's not like I see this guy go, oh wow. By the way, we never know anyway. That's a thing. So sometimes coaches, will, oh fans and media, we're all the same. We love guys we've heard of. Right. Everybody loves the guy that they've heard of. But so we really don't know. But what I do think I know is that they believe this is their time, and for that reason, They they were very careful to let Ryan Nielsen build this because he's the head coach of the defense, and let's go. So that I do feel confident about. The
3: only thing I really wonder is we saw a lot of the attitude that Brinson Buckner had as the defensive line coach on the sidelines during a lot of the videos that the Jaguars would put out, the recaps of each game. And so I just wonder the personality of Jeremy Garrett, now the defensive line coach, is that going to be similar? Because it seemed like – Buckner did a great job of firing the team up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I. But you know, Buck's been around a lot. The book on him, and I'm not saying he wasn't a good coach, but if you look, you pull up his resume. And I don't have it in front of me, but you pull up his resume, Lauren. Brinson Buckner was on how many staffs? Even in the last seven, eight years, five maybe. Yeah, something. I mean, it was it was a lot of staffs, and so, and when he was hired, I was told the only concern. I don't know if that's his fault. If he's just job, if he's a job hunter or if he doesn't last long in a job, but you probably have it pulled up. I mean, yeah. give, give, me his, give me his last seven, eight years or five years, whatever.
3: Sure. So he started as in the NFL as the Steelers coaching intern in 2010, 2012. Then okay. from 13 to 17, Cardinals defensive okay. line coach. Bucks right. for just one year. Right. Raiders for just one year. Right. Uh, Cardinals for two years. And then the Jags all defensive line coach. That's six places.
2: Yeah. That's six places in what, 13 years? Yeah, that's a lot, and, and and again, I'm not knocking Brinson. He, I'm not saying he wasn't a good football coach, but that's a lot of that's a lot of places. And so, again, this is the, we're here now. This is the time, and hopefully, it happens. So, yeah, I I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the coaches. Uh, I will I'll tell you what I said before. I believe I believe we are here. I believe it is now. I believe this is the this is the time. Uh, look, uh, we're a ways away from Jaguar football season. I know that. I look forward to next week when uh, Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke will join me from the comedy, by the way, both on, both on Tuesday. So you'll hear from both the general manager and the head coach on Tuesday's program uh, live from Indianapolis. Uh, Mia, Hayes, and I will all be there. Uh, Mia will be checking in uh, with the prime time. Then Hayes and I will actually do the Frangie show live from there. Lauren will be on vacation, obviously. So, we'll, we'll, so just Hayes and I for the show. But uh, Trent joins me. Uh, Doug joins me. This is all on the Tuesday program. So we'll have a pretty good feel for where they are. But, I, again, I, I – I am as encouraged this off season as many people have been in recent off seasons. I, I nothing I was very discouraged like everybody else was that last year had to end the way it did, but that did not dissuade me from thinking they might be pretty damn good this year i i and maybe I'm alone in that, maybe I'm on an island there, but I like their roster. I hope they improve it, but I like their roster.
3: I hope I get to where you are after free agency in the draft, yeah, sure because i Adding coaches is great, but yeah, we're all going to be way more excited when there's yeah, and, player procurement. Yeah, going
2: Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not going to say, "Wow, I'm excited." Look at the ten coaches. I, I'm not saying that. I, sure. I, I don't know really anything about who the coaches are, but I think they believe they're in their window. I think that's the point. Which, by the way, and we touched on this the other day, Hayes. Maybe you take some chances. To your point all along about Josh Allen, maybe you maybe you do some things a little bit of out of character. Commit earlier, offer more when you think you're in that window. Again. Everybody, who knows what they think because they're not showing their hand, nor should they. But I think most of us have this belief in that, that, that the, the smart way to play this is sign Josh Allen without the tag and have the tag available for Ridley. I think that's I, – I there's too many of us that have thought about it that way that it can, we can't all be wrong. So, I mean, lot, that, again, common sense and logic says that's the safest way to kind of keep your team together.
4: There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and We've talked about the dangers of letting Ridley hit the market. I, I, th- I don't care what kind of back channel, gentleman's agreement they think exists. You are rolling the dice in a major way if you allow Calvin Ridley to test the market. Uh, these agents at the Combine, they're, you know, they're going to be in the ear. Certainly Ridley's agent uh, is, is going to have the ear of other general managers and teams, and, and they're going to be lobbying him. Because it's just not a great crop. If T. Higgins and, and Pittman don't get out of their respective outposts, and I don't believe they will, then Ridley is close to or the top option. Uh, so it's we, we've talked a lot uh, over the last few weeks about the the peril uh, that that decision brings of, of tagging Josh Allen instead of doing what they should do and just basically giving him the contract he's just very deserving of. and tagging Ridley and then working a deal out with Ridley, you know, once you get beyond the draft, um, you know, there, there's some cap consequences to that. You have to carry his franchise number, uh, which is going to be obviously high. And, uh, you know, but then let's say you come to an agreement sometime in the middle of June with Calvin Ridley. Well, now that number, that cap number, is going to go from 22 million to probably somewhere around seven or eight. Well, There's going to be veterans available. We saw that last year, and not just at edge rush. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, there'll be quality offensive linemen, veteran guys that, you know, believe they've got one more year left in them. I mean, so, you know, that's one thing that the Jaguars completely ignored last year is that summer window. Uh, We even talked about it like, well, maybe they're waiting for the comp pick formula to expire because they don't want to do anything to jeopardize the picks that they're going to get for losing Jawan Taylor and losing Arden Key. And then that window passed and they still didn't sign anybody. But absolutely, those are the moves they have to make. Trent Baalke's got to look at what Baltimore did. They signed Clowney and Van Oy well into free agency and both those players were outstanding for them. And they are going to have to assume some risk. They are going to have to assume some character risk. And I don't mean like lawlessness risk. I mean like guys that you know, or at the end that are, you know, trying to get that one more big season. Uh, they're using you to some extent, but you need to allow them to do that. If it's going to lead to production for your team and it's going to be the difference in a victory or two, it's a, it's a risk that has to be assumed. So my hope is that they're very aggressive because they were completely passive last year and it burned them. It absolutely burned them. It is a it is a reason why they had a historical collapse. There's only been a handful of teams that have been 8-3 and three and did not make the playoffs. It was a historical collapse. It was an utter embarrassment, and they've got to learn from it. And they can't allow the passage of time to dissuade them from it. They should be as livid about it today as they should have been on January 9th.
2: We'll take a break. when we come back, a little more NFL talk, some college football talk coming up. Uh, this CFP continues to be changing. Also a Duval County Scholar-Athlete in the next hour of the program. All that and more. Glad you're with us on this Thursday. It's always a Stanley Pools Thursday around here. My friends Greg Stanley and all the folks over there do such a fine job. Since 1988, that's the place you buy pools in Jacksonville. You do it at Stanley Pools. Back in a moment. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
0: And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL.
3: We love having our Duval County Scholar Athletes in. And of course, it is an old Rock Thursday. This is the answer to my question earlier about which Michael Jackson song it will be as we would welcome you, would in. Would you have gotten it? No, I would not have.
4: I wouldn't have either.
2: Yeah, well this is right around the time. It was okay. Yeah, okay so I would have thought something off. Yeah, you would have thought Billie Jean or yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat yeah. It or. But that's what you expected. Okay, I, that, yeah, <laughs> that's, you're full of surprises, okay, that I'm just telling you. I mean, Kim Carnes, and then you know <laughs> oh, one you of Michael Jackson's lower the hits. The way you make me feel. Yeah.
3: I love this song, though. I love all Michael yes. Jackson songs. We are now welcoming Jerry and Francois, senior at Sandalwood. Jerry, and I'm going to ask you. Do you know who Michael Jackson is?
2: Michael Jackson. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> not that, today's today's high schools aren't that young, are you, Jerry?
5: They're not that young.
3: I figured you did, but you know, just just had to check. All right. So you play basketball. What age did you start playing basketball?
5: I started playing basketball around four years old.
3: Four. Okay. And were you good then?
5: No, I was really much of a football player back then, but okay. I started playing basketball more after that. Tell us all
2: about your basketball
5: career, Well, and football. Tell us about playing sports growing up and how you moved from one to the other. Playing sports growing up, it was really fun. Uh, I started off as a football player and was just playing basketball on the side. My mom was a basketball player, so she kind of always influenced me and tried to get me to play basketball. But she really wanted me to be a football player. But then around middle school, I kind of like got tired of football, so I just took on basketball full time. Very cool. What elements of your game as a point guard did you take the most pride in? Uh, just being able to handle the ball and uh, look out for my teammates and just make sure they're up during the game, even though, like, they make a mistake, just making sure they stay locked in.
3: Who's better, you or your mom?
5: I'm better than my mom. <laughs> 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 good,
2: good answer. Uh, talk a little bit about NELS College, some of your ideas, where you want to go. Uh, tell us about the whole journey.
5: Uh, I just want to go to Florida International University okay. in Miami and then major in sports science. science and Just be like a physical therapist.
2: Okay, very cool. Why, why? that? That's a
5: cool path. Why that path? I just uh, want to be able to stay around sports and just mm. always be around sports. Cause That's what I love. Yep.
4: What is the high school sports experience? What has that meant to
5: you? Uh, it's meant a lot to me, you know, building relationships, friendships, connections, you know, loyalty. It's been a big part of my life.
3: Jerry and I was not a very good basketball player, uh, better on defense than offense. But you are really good on offense. What's the best game you've ever had?
5: Uh, best game I've ever had was an AAU game during the summer. I had like 30 points.
3: 30 points? Uh, yeah.
5: I would say that's a pretty good game. Really How many impressive? were uh, threes? Probably like four or five of them. Oh, What's, wow. Oh, you were draining it. You got hot. You, yeah, I got hot. Gary <laughs> was
3: draining it. He was draining <laughs> Feed it. Feed the hot guy. I've heard that
2: before. He, he was he was draining it. Um, uh, You're a role. You you. One of the things you did, this really got my attention after school, 5,000
5: role models of excellence. Tell me about being a role model and why that's important. Being a role model is important, just, you know, just make sure young men are on the right track, staying out of trouble, you know, because, you know, every young man doesn't have like a good home to go home, uh, go home to or a mentor. So, you know, just being there for them, being in their corner to make sure they stay on the right path, you know, have a good headspace, not depressed, you not know, up, just being there for them. Very cool.
4: How much has tutoring helped you or been a rewarding experience for you tutoring others in math?
5: Uh, It's been a rewarding experience. You know, if I don't understand something, they'll help me understand. It just gives me ways to study stuff, not only math, but other things like basketball.
3: Do you like your math teacher at Sandalwood?
5: Well, I don't have a math class right now. Oh, you don't? don't. Okay. But the math teachers that I have had, yeah, I love them. They really helped me at Sandalwood. Shout out Mr. Johns. There we go. There you go. All right. Well,
2: Jerry and Francois is our Duval County Scholar, Athlete of the Week, terrific student, terrific basketball player, headed to FIU, and one day he's going to be a physical therapist. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Jerry and Francois is from Sandalwood High School, and he's a terrific Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. So there you go. And uh, Lauren wanted to know: did you, did you had you heard of Michael Jackson? For what it's worth, I wondered too. I, I wondered if today. <laughs> I, mean, I wondered if today's. Do your kids know Michael Jackson? Would they know? Because your kids are younger now. I mean, yeah.
4: I would not. I, if I had to guess, I would say they do. I should know this. Is Avery fourteen? She's fifteen. She's fifteen now. So my kids are fifteen and thirteen. I would think they do. But I would think it's v- like very limited in terms of what they know. They
2: know the name.
4: That's what I would
2: guess. Yeah. But it's now that
4: you say it, I'm going to ask them tonight.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know Michael yeah. Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, we're solving <laughs> that
4: problem <laughs> yeah, right now. We're exactly watching right. the thriller videos. Because you've <laughs> trained exactly them right. to watch music yeah. videos in general, yeah, that's, right? That's why I think yeah. that they would know. Um. But I. But again, it's been so long that I. I. I, I'm curious. I'm
2: yeah. I'm curious to know if if they did, if yeah. they would. Yeah. And by the way, um, Thriller, Billie Jean, Beat It, they were the mega hits. But this is a great song. Oh, The way absolutely. you make me feel is a great sure. song. I mean, that's, I, when oh, I went he's through. He's got the, smooth criminal. Well, oh, he's yeah. got no bad Man in, he, yeah.
4: Man in the mirror. I mean yeah. yeah.
2: Black and white. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I saw, um, when I was. YouTubing cr- like crazy after this uh, this thing I saw. I mean, I, I was YouTubing just like crazy. I saw a – it might have been this song. might have been a different song. He did one of his songs at one of the music awards with Britney Spears. Did you see that? I don't think so. It, the, back when Britney Spears was all the rage. Like, yeah, so I, that would
3: have been late 90s? I,
2: I guess. I guess. It was really good. It was, I mean, the, the dance thing and then okay. together. was really cool.
3: She can dance really well, obviously. Yeah, like and, I, and, and I couldn't
2: tell you – Britney Spears songs and okay. other than one or two the hit songs, but I mean I thought it was pretty cool. I yeah,
3: just... I want to say it's Auburn. It's one of the gymnastics teams that Florida has uh, competed against recently. But one gymnast on the entire team gets to do the moonwalk on the balance beam, and that's obviously the the best at the beam. But one person is chosen for the entire season, and she gets to do the moonwalk on the balance beam in her routine every. And only week. one person gets only to do one it. person gets to do it. Really, it's it's kind of cool. Like yeah. the fact that they still respect Michael Jackson enough to have. The moonwalk in their balance beam routine. You know what I bet?
2: I bet Carline could moonwalk. Oh. I mean, can you imagine? I mean can you I mean So you now imagine? you're switching yeah. from
3: rolling stones to Michael yeah, Jackson no, I mean, for karaoke and you're well, gonna have to moonwalk.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> you 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 let me tell you this. Make sure you have
4: an orthopedic you, surgeon <laughs> on hand.
2: You, you give me you give me Brooks singing Betty Davis eyes. Yeah. And Carline moonwalking the Thriller on the same <laughs> yeah. night, that's a karaoke is what that is. That, that you would know, be like, quite a night. That bar is raised is what yeah. that is. Good yeah. luck good luck competing with that. And thing. we'll
4: have you do Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> landslide.
2: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'll do, my favorite version. I am
3: glad that and came in during the Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah. song because I had it Ben Betty Davis size. I was right. not going to ask him if he's heard yeah. of no,
2: Ben no, no, you, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> so, all right, I want to get to the college football uh, in a minute. We're going to take a break. But I really do think uh, there's a lot of college football coming up. Number one, I want to talk about what the CFP is doing. I think it's I think it's uh, of significance I, I really believe that beyond that uh, Nick Saban had some really interesting comments uh, did you see those some of the things he had to say so I want to get to some Chris of Chris Lowe
3: is obviously his go-to guy yeah, yeah
2: he is they're buddies they're buddies we'll take a break uh, let's talk about the latest possibilities for the college football playoff and where this thing seems headed that's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM
1: the Frangie show live from the Hastings injury law firm studios on 1010XL Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on the Frangie Show.
3: For you on this Thursday, we are playing artists from the greatest night in pop. The documentary. There were so many good artists. Hayes, did you think Huey Lewis would make it?
2: I did. Okay. I thought did uh, Huey was he, a two he, seed. He, he may. Yeah. yeah. Hayes may or may not yeah. know the host. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may or may not know the host of the show. So uh, there's, there's, the Hayes, two seed
4: is advanced seventy-five to fifty-nine.
3: <laughs> have you ever heard the Huey Lewis story? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have. That's have I ever told it? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, may, I may or may not have told it unless we're like going golf course to people that have not heard it. I
3: love it. No, it's a, it's a great Huey Lewis story. It's,
2: a, it's the best story. It's, it's it's a sad, pathetic, I'm mad at myself still story. Sure,
3: yeah. If you haven't heard it, Frank one time missed singing drunkenly with Huey Lewis at a bar standing because he was on, sleeping. Standing <laughs> on the bar
2: singing Heart of Rock and Roll with Huey Lewis like our roadie, Tourette and our roadie was freaking <laughs> doing it in Oklahoma City. Well, I've gone to bed because I'm a freaking idiot.
3: Did you ever see Huey Lewis live?
2: I did. So I saw him here at the Super Bowl. How was he? Fantastic. Okay. But I mean, I'm a, I mean I, that was my, I'm, I'm, I'm in between you and Hayes on 80s music. For people that don't know, Lauren doesn't like 80s music at all. Hayes really likes it because that, that was the video age and when you were kind of getting into music, you know, it's your age. And I'm kind of in between. I'm more, way more of a '70s guy, but there's some stuff that was played in the '80s that I love. I didn't love the the, the yeah. decade, and I don't hate it but all. I, like, but I, Michael I, Jackson, obviously I love. But I love Huey Lewis. I thought Huey Lewis just fantastic. I mean, probably, I probably, I don't know if I told this story on the air or not, but I know I've told you all both off the air. So when I was got out of college, I just turned 22, had the same girlfriend until I was about 26, 27, okay, and then we broke up. And dated around a little bit, but didn't meet Suzanne till I was in my 30s. So from 26 and a half to early 30s, I was single guy out, and that was uh, making the scene. I wouldn't want to try and live like that again, you know. <laughs> I don't think my body could handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, but I, but there was a stretch there. That so this was the this was the music. You know this was you know this was this that it was a, it was a fun time.
3: That was Glory Days? Was that one of the haunts?
2: It was, it, it, was, it was the Glory Days was on the Born in the USA album. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Oh, you mean the bar? Oh, yeah, that, the bar. Every like, night. What, were the, every what night, night. were the places? Glory Days on Bay Meadows Road? Every, uh, we only went there every night because okay? <laughs> I lived on Bay Meadows Road. I lived in an apartment on Bay Meadows Road. We went there, and it might have wandered into somewhere else, uh, all these other places, but it always I – mean, you. and that was hey, – Hayes, you know, that was McNulty and Jeff Jeffreys and mm-hmm. Prisco and – and we all worked at to Tony Fabrizio. You know all that gang. We oh, yeah. all, we all worked at the Times Union together. You know we were single, broke, <laughs> we were four riders. You know we had but a. But you um, had benefits. I did have <laughs> Uh I uh, I think I li- I think my I li- lived at Princeton Square apartment. My my rent was four o three, and I had a little Subaru, red little Subaru, and my car payment was one eighty eight. That's what I had. How about that? Four o three rent, one eighty eight. That, that if you did that. You could live on twenty-two, three in Benny's Brooks. You could do that if you—that was your life. And it, you know what? Pretty dang good life too. You know? Absolutely. It was a pretty. Honestly, it was a pretty. It was a, I wouldn't want to try and do it again. My body—I don't know how it survived, but it was a pretty. <laughs> it was a pretty good life. It really was.
3: Uh, that was my rent in college. Was four hundred dollars a month. I think every place I lived. Yeah, is so, that right? That yeah, was, in
2: 403 <laughs> in Princeton Square, right there, in Beach right there on Bay Meadows Road. So there you go. So there's that.
3: All right, so let's talk a little college football. Start with the Nick Saban comments. He said, if his voice can bring about some meaningful change, he wants to help in any way he can because he loves the players and he loves college football. He said, what we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. He basically is saying that we are, Used to always call the student-athletes, student-athletes, but now no one cares about the academics. So. Well,
2: here's the thing, and, and l- a little bit later on, I'm going to get to the playoff thing in a bit, but let's, let's put that on the table now, the, the Saban comments. Those were powerful. And, 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 and here's my question, and I should know this. What percentage of college students today – Go to class versus online or, or or on video or whatever. I have no idea. But but I, I mean,
3: when I was in school because they did have online classes in Florida when I was in school and so my really? first even, even mm-hmm. in the, you were in school in the early 2000s. Yep, 2000 to 2004, and okay. they I think they started it with probably my class. Okay, and so the super large classes you're when you're an underclassman, so freshman and sophomore year, like all of my economics classes, finance classes, those were all online. You could go in person, but do obviously most people chose to watch online. But my junior and senior year, because that's when you get a little bit more specialized, those classes were all in person. So yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer to your question, but I would get it's very similar. Yeah, that-
2: somebody, t- somebody send us that on the text line or tweet or tweet us or let us know. I really do wonder. I really wonder what the, I mean, the, the, what is the percentage? You, you don't have any idea, either, do you? I, I
4: mean, don't. R.J. Get the secretary of education on <laughs> the phone.
2: Uh, the. <laughs> Um, because, but, but the point is, back to Saban's comments, it used to be you were a student athlete. The the football players were in our classes. The basketball players were in our classes. Uh, I'm not saying they were, they were all trying to, to 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 work as hard on academics as they as they did athletics. I'm not I'm not naive about it, but I, but I really do. I think his point is, and if you continue to read on Sabin's comments. The, the bottom line is most of the people that play for, even Alabama, are not playing in the NFL. I mean, most, mo- most college football players are not ever taking a snap in the NFL. So did they get a degree? Did they learn about life? Did they learn how to, uh, how to succeed in life when they're out of college? Because that is what college is for, by the way. You go to college to learn how to succeed in life. That's the whole point. The whole point. And, and if it's such a business, it's okay if great player doesn't pay as much attention in class because he's going to go make his millions, but what about everybody else? And and the further we get, and listen, I'm not trying to be good off my long guy. I love that we have a playoff tournament. I love I love where we're headed with it, but it, with the, with the with people changing schools every year, it's got to be harder to work toward a degree, right? Now I'm not talking about graduate transfers who already have their degree.
4: Yeah, I mean Alex ricker Gilbert's been very clear about that yeah. when he joins us. See the the your graduation rate gets crippled. It plummets when you tran. The more you transfer.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so, so, so you can't really graduate. It's harder to graduate. I, have got to wonder if you play at three schools in four years, are you really taking your algebra class seriously? No. Or, or the only thing you care about is getting to the next school. And I just, and it's not just the great players that are doing it, Lauren. It's, and so, so are we really? And again, this, this I really don't mean this is oh, get off my lawn, guy. I don't. That's not what I mean. But I do care about young people. I, I, I think we all should. Hopefully all of us at our age care about the next wave because they, they are our future. As cliche as that is, it is true. Most cliches, cliches tend to be true. Or have we become so commercial in college athletics and, and so mercenary and, and so much about that I get to play, that I get seen, am I at the right school? Am I getting my playing time? Kind of change, 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 change? Then am I really ready by the time I'm twenty-six and not playing college football anymore or pro foot, any kind of football anymore? Am I really ready for life? I think that's a very, very real concern he's got. And I and now it's easier to say it when you're out, when you don't have to worry about, you know, he was trying he was trying to win as much as anybody was and successful. So I'll, but I'm not trying to indict him. I'm talking more about the topic than who said it. It's kind of where I'm going with this. I think it's a very real thing.
3: Absolutely. And the other thing, Frank, if you look at the larger point, we are teaching these student athletes, more emphasis on athlete, like we said, that when adversity hits, you run away. The moment that you don't get what you want at your school, you immediately look to go elsewhere, NIL or not NIL. Either way, you're immediately leaving because you don't like how it is and the grass is greener somewhere else. And to me, that's the exact opposite of what you're also supposed to learn. You're supposed to learn that you have to work super hard through adversity in order to get to the other side.
4: You know, I I think in in looking at it, it's just unfortunately it's always gonna be part of the college experience. Uh, you know, some take it seriously and and some don't. And the ones that uh, don't take it seriously, there could be consequences down the road. Maybe not. I mean, you don't have to have a, a college degree to, you know, have a, a wonderfully successful career. Um, but it 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 certainly helps. And uh, you know, I, I think it's I think most of these kids are entering college with the idea of, I'm a star, I don't care if I was even a three-star prospect, I'm a star, I, I'm going to be a star. And I think that's just, it's it's hard to work around that I think that's generally the the human element when males enter college, athletes. Uh, you can try to educate them as, as best they can. But look, the other part of this too is, as fans, we don't care about the GPA. I don't know what Florida football's GPA was this past they may have set a record for (laughs) team GPA. None of us care. Um, None of us are going to give Billy Napier any credit for it if in fact that happened because it's about wins and losses. So it's just it's just the nature of it. I mean, it's certainly good for these programs to educate and Remind these guys that only you know one percent of you are basically going to make money in the NFL of any consequence, uh, and and the vast majority of you will never get a cup of coffee in the NFL. Uh, so, but I, I just I still think that eighty five percent are going strictly for athletics. If if you told them you don't have to go to class, they wouldn't do it. Absolutely. And whenever we do get to the full professional model of collegiate sports if that is an SEC Big 10 merge uh, and it and it becomes just basically the the minor league system for the NFL and it's fully professional i don't think you should make them go if if they want to go that's great they should have access to it but if they don't want to go for academic reasons i don't think they should be forced to and then the ones that i uh, you know are, are not going to make it in the NFL you just you hope to educate them, then in the fact that look, you need to you need to take advantage of this. You have a chance to get a degree, be a college graduate. That does mean something. It's going to open doors for you. Uh, this is something you should take advantage of. But ultimately, you, you you can you can only educate. You can't make them do it.
3: And Frank, you might get an IL. Let's say you get thirty thousand dollars in an IL, right, to transfer schools. That seems like a lot of money when you're eighteen, 18, 19 years old, and I get it. But the in the long run, how much more money you could make if you were to stay at your school and get your degree right. over the life of your career, if you're not playing professional sports, that's a lot of money. No it's a question. lot more than thirty thousand.
2: You would certainly think, right? And 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 I so so anyway, I uh and listen, I I'm we're in the cover sports for a living business. We all have done very well in life because in large part, not just because I mean there's the pro sports too, but in this market, if you've worked in our if you've worked in this market whether you've worked in it 36 years like I have, 10 years like Lauren has, 15, 20 like you have, you're just starting out in it the last handful of years like RJ has. Somewhere along the line, the college sports, the blowing up of college sports has really aided our careers, right? All of us. It's greatly aided our careers. Lord knows it has mine. So I'm thankful, personally very thankful that college sports became as big and, quite frankly, as commercial as it has. I, I'm appreciative and thankful that it has, and I mean that very, very sincerely. But I do worry about, is it become so commercial that it's not real anymore? I, I do. I think that's a real thing.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the success stories academically are, uh, you know, again, it's because the money is going to get so big, You're you're going to see – You know, my guess is if you're a player that's in the class of 2032 and you're a good player, not a great player in college, but if you're a good college player, you were probably leaving your college experience as a multimillionaire. Well, I don't know that, you know, I mean, a degree is great, but if you're starting with that big of an advantage over the other kids in your, you know, grade, your class, then, you know, that's, that's a heck of a, heck of an edge. Uh, and so I think it's getting to a point where, it, I mean, the money is just so ridiculous and it's going to keep going up as they add to this playoff. And they're going to have to eventually – this is all going to lead to the players are going to unionize, as they should. I think the colleges should welcome it yep. because it creates the boundaries they're too. looking for. I agree. And you're going to have to give them – at least 40% of this pie. Uh, And when you do that, it's going to set up these college students for huge financial reward and and to the point where even if they don't make the NFL, if they were a good player but not good enough to be drafted and get a chance in the NFL and make it, they still should be walking away with substantial life-changing money.
3: And I think that's the way it always should have been, right? Like the, the guys that are su- super successful in college that that didn't translate to the NFL, yeah, they should have made money because the colleges obviously are. By the way, I saw that players are getting paid $600 for their uh, name, image, and likeness in the new video game. That what I was like, whoop do you do? I mean, right. nowadays, yeah. $600 for these guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point.
4: So Well, I, I mean, and again, you know, just sometimes, again, it's, it's what we have grown accustomed to. Like, no one cares if a college baseball kid gets drafted in the first round of high school and never goes to college, but there's way more of a chance that that kid's never making it to the big leagues than there is a college football star, but we don't care because it's a custom. It's the system. It's what we've become used to, and so we don't care that that kid didn't go and get a degree, and maybe they go back and get it if they want, but- uh, you know, it's just – its just this is just new for football. It's not new for athletics.
2: We'll take a break. Uh, we're going to keep it on college football one more segment because the college football playoff committee continues to meet and there's some other things on the table regarding what happens after the 25 season. That's next, so stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's
0: that? Find 1010XL on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching 1010XL and follow the conversation on social media because listening at the dinner table would be rude. Hey, sports fans, this is Hayes Carlion
4: for QC Kinetics. The state of healthcare is always changing. It's evolving. And old ideas like steroids and surgery, they're no longer your only options. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics is transforming lives with innovative, non surgical, drug free treatments that deliver lasting results. You got to give them a call. It's a free consultation. Mandarin and Ponte Vedra locations, great locations. Call 904 274 5522. Again, that's 904 904- make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility reclaim your independence walk and run and play and live without the danger and trauma of surgery no downtime with qc kinetics hips shoulders elbows they can all be treated with natural biologics from your own body again give them a call 904-274-5522 to set up a location uh, at mandarin or pontevedra that's
2: qc kinetics Frank Frangie here. Discover new opportunities together this year in a new Chevy, like the strong and capable Chevy Silverado. At Nimnik Chevrolet, you can save up to $10,000 off a new Silverado. Plus, well qualified buyers can get 2.9% financing on all new Silverado 1500 models. With the largest inventory, outstanding cash incentives, and the best price guarantee, your perfect truck is waiting for you at Nimnik Chevrolet. So head to Nimnik today at Park Street and Cassett Chevrolet, together let's drive.
0: This time of the year, professional landscapers are busy getting ready for spring, and that means a visit to AgPro for Pro Days. That's the day when your local AgPro dealership displays all the very latest John Deere lawn and garden equipment for 2024. Come get professional advice, the lowest prices of the season on new mowers and accessories, and plenty of free giveaways. Don't miss Pro Day. Coming to your neighborhood AgPro store on Friday, February 23rd from 7.30 till 5. It's one day only and one day you don't want to miss. Learn more now at agrocompanies.com. Have you been dreaming of enhancing your living space with top quality custom windows and doors? Now is the perfect time to make that dream a reality with Renewal by Anderson. Right now, buy four windows or patio doors and get the fifth free. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 18 months. This offer expires February 29th and restrictions apply. Renewal by Anderson, proud to be the official window and door replacement partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit rbafla.com.
1: License number CGC 1527613.
0: I'm here with Danny Van Sickle, director of the Electrical Training Alliance. Danny, tell me about your program. Hey, Rick. We're a five-year electrical apprenticeship. Our students start out making over $40,000 a year, and right now graduate making over $90,000 a year, including benefits. There is no tuition or no student debt. You just have to apply and get accepted. Did you say no tuition and no student debt? You heard that right, Rick. Once you're accepted into the program, your only costs are the books and the course fees, about $800 a year. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. How can I learn more? Just go to etajax.org, and you can apply there. Apply by May 23rd. Third. A bucket of balls and free advice from PGA Pros. Brunch with the Tour. What's this about? Dan, Jeff, and PGA Tour Insiders. It's a
1: bit simplistic, but basically correct.
0: Brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation. 8:30 Tuesday morning on 1010XL. A customer called Duck Duck Rooter saying they had some nasty stuff backing up inside their home. So we went with our camera to look inside their plumbing lines. And sure enough, tree roots in the sewer line. Need to see what's blocking your lines? Call our team to locate the issue and provide solutions to resolve it. 904-862-6769. Visit DuckDuckRooter.com. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jags. DuckDuckRooter, your fully insured and certified plumbing contractor, residential and commercial. Get ready for a musical feast at Players Grill Mandarin. Experience Mandala. From Latin beats to top 40 hits,
6: they'll have you dancing all night long. Catch Mandala live at Player's Grill Mandarin, Friday,
0: March 1st at 8 p.m. Player's Grill, where the neighborhood meets. Warm weather means the beach, fishing, golf, and more. Make sure to drop into dailies and grab a cold case to go. From Bud Light to their seltzer, from Mick Ultra to Modelo, or your favorite crafts like Old City or Sweetwater, grab and go at your local dailies.
2: If your ride is making strange noises, don't wait and make it work. <sighs> Come to Action Transmission on Merrill Road. My expert technicians can diagnose the problem and likely fix it fast. Experience the difference at Action Transmission on Merrill Road. Here's Linda Beaver.
3: Beaver Toyota and Beaver Chevrolet love our community. That's right. We spread the love by giving back, and every year we give hundreds of thousands of dollars to our local community. Plus, we give all our customers lots of love, too. Every new vehicle purchased comes with a 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty, and every certified pre-owned vehicle comes with a 7-year, 100,000-mile loving warranty. Plus, we give the most loving for your trade. Help us to continue to spread the love and head to Beaver Toyota in St.
1: Augustine. I'm Beaver Chevrolet in Jacksonville, we're here we're in to wow you and give back. back.
0: 1010XL is presented by Farah and Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville.
1: It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be or at least used to be on the Frangie Show.
3: This is one of my all-time favorite oh, songs. Yeah. even though it's from the 80s. You were my deep in the lip
2: sync there. That was I good lip
3: sync. This is a song that if I could sing as high as Cyndi Lauper, I would do karaoke, but there's no chance I could sing like hers.
2: Did you have her make it?
4: I did. I had her as a three seed. Did you? Yeah. I was she, a little... She, she kind of had to make it I for this thing, right? I think so, you and... You've got the iconic song as well. Yeah. And she's a big part of the documentary. No I mean, question.
2: And, and But she kind of had to make this period, didn't she? Well, th- without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah if I've got yes, it. Sure. Yeah, for sure.
4: She's on the Mount, when you think of 1980s yes. music. Yes. yes. She'd yes. have to be on the Mount Rush. She really
2: is. There, there's an awful. Because she's
4: got no 70s and no 90s. Right, right. right. I mean, it's all <laughs> yeah. like 82 uh, to 85 for yeah. Cindy Yeah, up. Which
3: uh, is also Tracy Chapman, but she wasn't in the video, yeah. right? I,
2: I no, you. she's
4: more like late 80s. Yeah. I think she was like 89.
2: In 88 was the song, right? So, so, but, but I've told you guys this before. The 80s has some music. I mean, "Relax" by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and all those reflex songs, all those Duran uh, uh, Duran songs, they just scream 80s. Yeah, like,
4: Aha's way. "Take on Me" it just screams like, 80s. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. It's just a certain sound. See,
2: but. 70s didn't have a certain sound, it just had good music. Yeah. 80s had a certain sound, you know, I mean, it really it really did. So. It's
4: hysterical in the documentary. <laughs> hey, she's so loud Last compared to the head, other ones. Going crazy. Yeah, and then they finally figure out, like, they're hearing some sort of rattle, and they're like, what is, is really funny. Hearings? Yeah, and it ends up being, like, jewelry. Jewelry. all the jewelry. I'm not she's surprised, because I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I thought about going in Cyndi Lauper for Halloween, but I was like, I don't own anything that remotely looks right. like Cindy Lopper. I'd have to buy well, she's it. It's got, too much
2: work. It's easy to do songs because she's got, like, three songs. She's
3: True song. Colors, this song. Yeah. She has the song in The Goonies. Yeah. And that's about it. You and is there well, anything else?
4: I would say uh, she's got that great, oh, why is why is it escaping me? Time After Time. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. great. Yeah,
3: True Colors that, and Time After that's Time. That's about
2: it. That's about it. So, uh, so. Hey, uh, so, uh, by the way, if you're one we playing this stuff, phenomenal documentary on Netflix. I've been talking about it all week. Uh, the Greatest Night of Pop. You got to see it if you have it. It's an hour and a half of if you love music, if you just love music, you have to watch it. You just, it's, it's on Netflix and it's just fantastic. And you got to watch it start to finish, right, Hayes? When you say, "Oh yeah," I mean you got to watch it's, it. Start it's a it's a very easy. It's, yeah, it's an easy minutes. watch. It's, it's not even you got to watch it. So it's really good. So we're playing uh, all the artists who, or not all the artists, eight of the artists who uh, who showed up uh, in that in that video. So the uh, college football playoff committee met again. Here's the latest. You know it's going to be twelve team playoff. They've approved it for 25 and 26, the last two years of the contract with ESPN to have a playoff or to televise a playoff, and it's going to be five automatic qualifiers and seven at-large teams. Um, That was down from six automatic qualifiers and six at-large teams because the Pac-12 blew up. So now it it assures, essentially ensures, that the four Power Four conferences and one of the group of fives will have their conference champion in it, and then then there'll be seven other at-large. And as we said, Notre Dame... Can be twelve and zero and win every game seventy five to nothing, and they will be at best a five seed, which is really odd. It's crazy, yeah. But so because they're not in a conference, so well now the talk is that the SEC and Big Ten are pushing for a fourteen team playoff as early as twenty sixth. So that means we'll only have twelve for two years. Now I predicted we'd get to four, 16 pretty quick, but I never saw the fourteen. Co- I still don't understand why fourteen instead of sixteen. Matt Hayes said something interesting. They're trying to be. They're trying to be the NFL. They're trying to match the NFL model, and which is fourteen. But I, and you have some teams
3: with double buys. Yeah, you would, in a fourteen-team playoff. No,
2: no, no, do, no, double buys. Two okay. get yeah. Two, 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 team, two, two, teams two teams The top, to get top two get a buy. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, which is what you would do with a 14 uh, fourteen-team playoff. So, but, um, and the Big Ten and SEC. There's going to be a number of automatic qualifiers, and the Big Ten and the SEC the rumor is, are pushing for a minimum of four each automatically qualify for this thing. So the four best teams in the SEC and the four best teams in the Big Ten, however that's determined, but determined, I suppose, by the league, right, would get in. So eight of the 14 would be in those two leagues. I said this at the top of the program. This is Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti saying, here's what we're doing. We're going to have a 14-team playoff and eight of the teams are coming from our league. Oh well, no, Greg, that's not what we know. Greg is only 12. No, it didn't. Starting in 26 is 14. Or, or if not, then we'll have our own 12 gamer and it'll be six of our teams and six of our teams. That's what's happened. And they they make all the rules now. It was when Greg Sankey and when Greg Sankey was quoted, he said, We just we wanna, we've gotten together with the Big Ten because we just want to make sure they get it right yeah okay getting it right is eight of our teams <laughs> yeah and so so I so i I'm telling you I think we're headed there I think we're headed to four and by the way multiple teams from the other conferences so I think there's there's sixteen uh fourteen teams if eight are coming from those two leagues I think the aCC and the big twelve are going to get two each then well that's your teams they couldn't do that could they no there they could that would be that would be twelve
3: yeah there'd still be another two
2: and so then a group of five and one at large basically
3: am i such an sec snob and maybe i've been hanging around with you for too long frank that i feel like the sec should get as many teams as it wants and no other leagues should well, eat, like even the big 10 <laughs> well, should not get automatically uh, four.
2: i don't think I, here's what i think i don't think there should be four automatic qualifiers from any league i, I don't agree okay. with that but i do agree that there should not be pushback from any committee to not put five in from the SEC if, if that's the five best.
4: That's the thing. Well, and again, the SEC and Big Ten are very cognizant of the fact that they are going to cannibalize each other. The leagues are so strong now that you're not going to produce a lot of teams with these schedules. Look, we're talking about how hard Florida's schedule is. Look down the line in the SEC. They're all pretty hard. Now, what makes Florida's ridiculous is the out-of-conference because they're playing Miami at Florida State and UCF. But everybody's playing Oklahoma and Texas for the most part. Uh, I mean, so... Yeah,
3: Georgia's schedule is not easy just because no, Georgia's really talented. it's
4: not. And they're playing Clemson uh, yeah. to start the year. So everyone's got a hard schedule. It's it's just not as crazy out of conference as what the Gators have, uh, for whatever reason, bestowed upon themselves. Um, and looking at it, I think this is... It's clear the SEC and Big Ten know where this is headed and they're not going to punish their schools for playing a schedule that is way harder than anything the ACC or Big 12 is going to deliver. And so that's why they're they're wanting to lock those numbers in because they know they're going to have a lot of eight and fours that are probably better than the tens and twos in the other leagues. And so they want the guaranteed four and the Big Ten should want it too. I mean... The schedules are going to be ridiculous in those conferences. And, I, you know, in the ACC and Big 12, you're probably playing one or two really difficult conference games, and then you're playing six against bad teams. I mean, that's just how it – that's what the landscape tells us is what it's going to be. You're not going to have that in the SEC or Big 10. So they, I think they absolutely have every right to say, we want a guaranteed four teams in. Because it's going to protect us from the fact that our schedules are going to be so much more difficult than yours.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you should be rewarded for your difficult schedule. I think Alabama kind of showed us that for many years. Alabama was the team that was not afraid to play, you know, the likes of FSU and other teams to kick off the season. And before it could really hurt if you lost that game, but now I, I do think you should be rewarded for your strength of schedule.
2: Yeah. And I, and I, and I think they will. So here's where I think they haven't decided anything yet. I'll stand my ground on this. If you're going to 12, you're You went to 12. If you're going to 14, how on earth do you not go to 16? And by the way, one of the reasons they did this is they're trying to now bring back the importance of the regular season. Meaning now Everyone said the the playoffs will, will make the regular season not as important. I don't believe that. But a a sixteen team team sixteen tournament team will have more teams in the hunt, which means the if Ole Miss and Mississippi State are playing in the egg bowl and they're Hayes, they're both they both come into the game seven and four. Well, they're out now. They're out of a four game, and they're probably out of the twelve game. Sixteen games. You get to eight and four as an SEC team, and your losses are Alabama, LSU, and whoever, you might still be in it. You might have more to play for. So the reason you go to more teams is just the opposite of what the critics used to say, is you're making the regular season not matter. No, on the contrary, you're making it matter more. If if Florida and FSU go to the last week at eight and three, in a four-game it wouldn't matter. In a 12-game, it probably doesn't matter. Nine and three you could sneak in, but you're probably not. But in a sixteen game, now a sixteen team tournament, now those two eight and three teams the winner's in. The winner's probably in. So so doesn't that elongate the importance or, or the, the amount of time that the regular season matters?
4: Yeah, I, I haven't understood the argument that I've seen a lot of national writers making in the last twenty four hours over, you know, well, the people that, that are running this sport obviously don't care about this sport. I think it's gonna be fantastic. I do too. I mean, I don't think it's going to slow down any sort of interest in the game. Uh, I, I it, To me, it, it's the playoff is going to be sensational. So I, I I, don't buy it. I mean, I, I, I'm I, totally fine with them expanding it to 14, and if they want to go beyond that, that's fine uh, because I think it's going to produce an unbelievable tournament. And uh, I don't think it'll diminish the regular season at all because the rivalries are so strong. I mean, it, I, I can at least, I mean, just from my perspective, I mean, there's never going to be a Florida-Georgia, a Florida-Florida State, a Florida-Tennessee, a Florida-LSU that is not going to mean something. Florida-Auburn, even though they barely play, like I'm old enough to remember, that is a bitter rivalry. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and so I think I think you're always going to have that. And then, uh, I mean, imagine the stakes. When you see these teams, your rivals, you see them in the second round of a playoff or, or in the semifinal or in the final, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's something that you just don't see other than, you know, 52 to 20. Have we seen a lot of rematches for the national title? I think Georgia and the Georgia and Alabama maybe have one. I can't remember, but they don't, they don't happen all that often. And, uh, I think in this, in this model, you're going to see some of that and it's just going to be fantastic.
3: Yeah, I want to say Georgia Alabama played in the SEC championship and then would have played again for the national oh. title a couple years ago, right? So if you look at the final AP top twenty-five rankings for this past season this in college pa- okay. football, so the twelfth team that in this model, if you go off of rankings, we would have been left out for a group of five team is LSU.
2: LSU would. Have I think
3: up. LSU would have made some serious noise Who would in have the college ball playoff
2: using that poll, not not the CFP poll, right? Using that poll last year, okay. The four automatic, and again, it's 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 not accurate because there's Pac-12 still involved. But for the sake of it, the four automatic qualifiers would have been Georgia, Michigan,
3: mm-hmm. Washington,
2: Washington. Of course, they, that league doesn't exist anymore. In
3: Texas.
2: Okay, they but would have now been, Texas obviously. And, and been the, the SEC. group of five would have been who's a group of five? Too late. Uh, in the no. final
3: rankings, SMU was the SMU, highest. SMU. Okay, so, so SMU SMU, SMU
2: would have been the qual and then the other you you ran off the other. The other one, where was SMU ranked?
3: They were ranked 22nd.
2: And they would have been in, so.
3: Ahead of Liberty, who was finished 25th. And
2: so LSU would have been out. Uh, give me, just for kicks, uh, 13, 14, 15,
3: 16. Sure, so Penn State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and the 16th, Oklahoma State.
2: That's pretty good teams it would be in, Hayes. If you go, if you went to a 16-team field, how about a 14, if it's a 14-team field? Tell me you get 13, 14.
3: Penn State and Notre Dame.
2: That's two, yeah. That's two pretty good brands that you're now getting in that wouldn't have been in before you went to the 14.
4: There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And again, it it's it's the sports going to be it's going to be fantastic. If if you're worried about the playoff, trust me, by the time it arrives, you're going to be thrilled, particularly once it gets going uh, and you see the results and the matchups it's going to produce. I have no doubt that the college football playoff is going to be a a wild success. And, uh, you know, and again, it, it just, I think it's, it's going to be a placeholder because I think eventually you're going to see the sec and big 10 take probably, I don't know, seven or eight teams that aren't in their Those conferences now, and they'll merge and it'll be a, you know, a 40, 45 uh, team league and they'll play for the title. And, the other schools that aren't involved in that will play for something less significant. Cool.
3: And I can only imagine the revenue difference between yeah. Tier 1 and Tier 2. I, I'm sure that some schools, I mean, not sure. I wonder if some schools would not be able to have football at that point in time because of, wonder. I mean, just the sheer difference in, in revenue.
2: You wonder. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to get to, we we'll are talking about some NFL. Um, and I don't, is it Matt Araza, Araza? The, the name, the punter, who the got punter, signed? Yeah. Yeah. The punter, yeah. The Chiefs' I signed I think it's a razor. I want to tell that story, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on uh, Matt. I think it's a Raza being signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we got an hour to go in the program. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. 10, 10 Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere.
0: It's 5 o'clock somewhere.
1: Here. That means it's time for more football. Football! Football, football, football. football at five the on the Frangie Show.
3: No New
6: Year's Day to celebrate.
2: Had to be a one seed, right? Yeah. I mean, no this is a an obvious one seed. Gladys Knight this is a. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. okay. We not have a one. This is. It a
3: a happened yeah. one time. Yeah.
2: Well, this little, this kind of song actually
4: seems like a song that like a man would sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know how a man sings. Here I am, take me, sign sealed and deliver.
2: Oh, that's tremendous.
4: If I ever meet Stevie Wonder, I'm you going to ask that? him. Well,
2: Stevie, what about the song?
4: Yeah. Well, what are we
2: doing here? <laughs> I probably
3: only knew exactly who it was because it's on the soundtrack for Now and Then, a movie I've watched a million yeah. times. So.
2: Stevie Wonder today, one of the great ones who was in the uh, the documentary, The Greatest Night of Pop. You know what movie this is prominently
4: featured in? I don't. The Woman in Red.
2: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The uh, is the song. That one didn't escape your is attention. The song, did it? Is the song. Is a song. The Woman in Red also in that in that movie too. Yeah. Okay. So by <laughs> Chris somebody or other. Yeah, I don't know. And so uh, remember remember the song The Woman in Red? Uh huh. Like Chris somebody. Writer. The. Uh, uh, Stevie Wonder today. We're playing uh, a number of uh, acts from the uh, from the great, great, uh, the greatest night of pop, which we, which we all kind of enjoyed a great deal.
3: Krista Berg, the Lady in Red.
2: Yeah, yeah, I knew it was Chris Berg. Um, that was a medley. Of, that, that was a medley of his greatest hits. Yeah. is what that was. So, a serious topic. So, Matt Ariza, the former Arizona punter, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs today. Um, obviously, they have Tommy Townsend, but he's a free agent. So, so. Uh, if they don't resign him, Ariza can punt, for, can battle for the job. He's a very good punter. The bill signed at one point, but then he was he was caught up in uh, he was among those accused in a gang rape allegation. Um, blackballed him from sports, from football because he was accused. He maintained all along that he was innocent, um, that he wasn't involved. Um, he countersued the accuser. He later had evidence that he had left this party at 12:30, and the video, all the video timestamps from, from, and all the stuff was on video was way after that. Um, he had had relations with the accuser, but he maintained that a they were consensual, and that and that they happened well before any of this happened. Further, the accuser later. Um, Withdrew her allegations against him, and so he was not charged. Yet he was similarly blackballed from football. Now that's the story as I as we, as we, that we've been reported. Mm-hmm. Um, now he gets a chance to play NFL football again. Finally, Lauren, what's your take on all of it?
3: I think that it's really unfortunate because his name will forever be associated with the rape allegations, even though videos, video footage shows he had absolutely no part of it.
2: He certainly wasn't in the the part with the gang rape. He certainly is clear now when all that stuff went on, he wasn't right. involved.
3: Yeah, I certainly hope that he gets a chance. It is tough if you're Matt and you if if Townsend's resigned, you're not going to be on the team at all. They're, they're going to cut you if Townsend's still there since he's one of the best punters in the NFL. But I'm I'm glad he gets a second chance. And it's just unfortunate that this woman I don't think anything necessarily bad happens to I mean, other than obviously rape happened to her. But I mean, as far as like accusing him, she the defamation is dropped and she just, you know, goes about living the rest of her life.
2: And what else worked against him? I'm I'm not trying to be C S I guy or law and order guy here, Hayes, but but apparently the DNA worked against him. And he explained he said we did have relations, but it was well before all this and it was consensual. And she told me she was older, you know? So his, his contention is we had relations. She told me she was older. All the other stuff happened well after I was gone, but the DNA worked against him. What do you think of the story?
4: I mean, it's just sad on all ends, but I'm glad that he's getting a chance to continue his career. Uh, you know, and it's just, unfortunately, this is, you know, part of our world and, uh, but, it, you know, I'm glad that, that the Chiefs gave him an opportunity, and, you know, we'll see if he can make the most of it.
3: Yeah, and I think when you go through something like that, it's got to be incredibly difficult because, Frank, it's not just Matt that went through it. It was all of his family and friends that had to, you know, hear about this. And, and even though they probably knew right away he was innocent, it's still they see his name in the news constantly because of the story, and it's I'm sure it's really deeply upsetting.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so um – um yeah, what just a, just an interesting situation all over, and there's right. Hopefully, yeah. You know, hopefully, it again. My guess is at some point, I've noticed this too. He's been very quiet, even even after, um, I won't say acquitted because the charges were, he was never really formally charged. I don't think was he. I think it was just allegations. But either way, I, I, he's in the clear now. I don't know, Hayes. I, I find myself thinking at some point, and maybe he's going to wait till the football playing is over. I mean, he did file a countersuit, and that's when everything got dropped. I feel like at some point Matt Arise is going to gonna go on with somebody and tell his story. I yeah,
4: I, I think so, and particularly now that he's back in, in the NFL universe. I mean, obviously there'll be uh, requests, and it, it, it you know the very least, week one of the regular season, as soon as that – assuming he makes the roster, the Chiefs locker room is open for its media – Um, you know, I mean, they're going to go approach him and, and get it, try and get his thoughts about things. So, uh, then it's up to Matt to decide whether he wants to talk about it or not. But I mean, you know, that's league policy is he's going to have to be available on a weekly basis, uh, to the media. So, yeah, but I would think he would welcome the chance. I mean, I would think it's not going to take that long. I would imagine now that he's, you know, signed and his career is stabilized, because I think he's probably their punter. I I mean, I think the Chiefs probably let Tommy Townsend just go and you know, I mean the Chiefs are somewhat up against it. I don't know that you want to pay your punter four or five million dollars a year and you
3: hope you never punt if you're the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, and
4: Townsend is is probably gonna command top punter money. So uh, you know, I would I would think this is probably a good way for Kansas City to say goodbye to a good player, but you know, fortify the position and uh you know, so I, I would think that you know, I I would think he'd want to tell that story quickly.
3: Yeah, I, I look to see if he's done anything on social media. I, I haven't seen anything. Uh, he does have Twitter, but he hasn't said anything. So yeah, I, I, certainly as the story goes on with him, if he stays on the Chiefs, I think we'll learn a lot more.
2: Yeah, so a lot of things it's, it's, it's odd. The Chiefs are in, the, in this story, and good for them. They're they're in their mind, it's not a story anymore. They're just trying to find a punter.
3: Yeah, it's unfortunate, I guess, that the Bills didn't welcome him back right away. I don't know their punter situation.
2: Yeah, and what happens there, I think, is is teams feel like here's what here's what's so awkward about situations like this. Seriously awkward about these things is a team like the Bills, Lauren, that doesn't bring him back is not trying to indict him by their action, but they're trying to steer clear of being indicted by the action of signing him, right? The, the the bills aren't saying we think you're guilty, sure. so we're not bringing you back. I, I I mean, let me say this. I don't know. I don't, maybe they are, but I I didn't. My read on the bills not bringing him back is not they're indicting him. It's they're just trying to steer clear in the event that that that's the the danger in all this stuff. It really is.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the bills punter is Sam Martin. Uh, right. and he averaged forty five yards. He's a good per punt. yeah, good Yeah, pretty good punter.
2: Yeah, so interesting. By the way, speaking of the poor Chiefs. The Chiefs have all these championships and all this good going on. And now the parade stuff. Did you see this story that, I mean, obviously they, they've now, they're charging the two mm-hmm. young adults. What an awful story that. We never really got to the parade and the, the massacre or the the shooting of the parade. What a shame that was. I mean, what a terrible shame that that thing even happened.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely awful. And I know, Hayes, for all those children that were at the parade, it's traumatizing and and to have a family that that shows up for the parade and then you lose a loved one I mean the woman who was killed has kids like absolute tragedy
4: just yeah senseless and you know unfortunately it's uh it's it's one of those things that we're having difficulty getting control over um but uh but yeah it's just an awful story and um you know it's just yeah, two groups, it, it, two groups be, of people.
2: It was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, dispute, a yeah. dispute between two groups of people. Uh, what are really sad stuff. I will was great. We'll get back. Let's get to some happier matters. We'll talk a little college basketball. We got a rumble coming up tomorrow. We'll preview it a little bit. We'll be out there at Ju tomorrow. Looking forward to that. That and a whole lot more when we continue on ten ten XL at ninety two point five FM.
1: The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm studios on ten ten XL. Hit back with Hastings.
2: Huh. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've only heard a song about 7,000 pounds, and I didn't know the long <laughs> intro. So there you go. All right. Like this wasn't going to be on there. Right. I mean, well done. Do you think we had ever knocked anything, any back to this song while at Glory Day, you think? <laughs> I'm
3: kind of surprised now, looking back, that when you opened your own sports bar, it wasn't just called Glory.
2: We probably should. Well, there was another (laughs) one called that. We would have been ripping them off. It was still open. You just uh,
3: changed the Y or the S to the Z, Glory Days.
2: (laughs) It's fine. Uh, We all, the the owners were good friends of ours, too, as a matter of fact, of the the original Glory. We're playing all the music, uh, not all the music, but certainly songs from um, the greatest night of pop. And on Netflix, I won't tell you anything more about it, but if you haven't watched it and if you love music, shame on you. you got, it's really, it's really uh, that good. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Hayes, you and I will be at the uh, – the Lauren has got a wedding to go to and then her vacation begins, but you and I will be at the uh, River City Rumble pregame. Jordan Mincy stopping by at 340. Um, we'll have uh, Matt Paulus at a different time because Matt's always with us, so Matt will join us as well, but Jordan will be at that time slot. Alex Ricker Gilbert later on will be at the Riverhouse in a gigantic game for J.U. And, and Jordan Mincy. Always a big game for both teams because it's the River City Rumble, and, F- and FSU. UNF is still positioning itself to hopefully uh, get into that four spot and get a home game uh, in the tournament, which really matters. Um, UNF actually still could get to the two spot, but probably a four spot is more realistic so you'd get a home game. J.U. just trying to get in the tournament. Gigantic, gigantic, gigantic game for Jordan Mincy and the Dolphins.
4: No doubt about it, and you know, I think the, what gives you hope for JU, is that they're 10 and 1 at home, and that's tied for best record, home record in the A sun. Uh, Stetson's only lost once at home. Lipscomb's only lost once. Austin Peay's only lost once. And then it's amazing because all those teams have uh, solidly winning records in league play. They're all uh, 8 and 5 or better. Uh, and then you have to go all the way down to find the next 10 and 1, and it's JU but they're four and nine in league play because of how uh, bad they've been away from their campus. So I, I think if you're, if you're mincy, you're certainly that's the message. We don't get beat here. Uh, we, we've been very good here since, you know, I've arrived because you guys bring an intensity when we're here. And, you know, I I think that that's going to have to be what, what carries them. I mean, UNF obviously with their shooting, uh, how, uh, spectacular they were in the first meeting offensively, it, this is going to come down to if is going to win this game, they're going to have to win the street fight. I mean, they're going to have to win every loose ball. Uh, they're going to have to – it's going to have to feel like it means more to them, which is hard because obviously we know how important it is for the, for the Ospreys. I didn't know about that you have to be in the top four to host uh, the first game. I thought – you know I, I just looked at it as, well, 10 teams make it, yeah. So if you're the five seed, you're right, getting right. to host a game. Well, right. that's not the case. No. So, uh, you know, uh, Nick did a great job of explaining that to us. So, yeah, if you're UNF and you're tied right now for third in a three-way tie, I mean, you could conceivably, if, if you don't win this one, certainly, you know, fall out of the ability to host that first-round game. And, you know, I think that they're, you know, they're, they're counting on that. So it's, it's a gigantic game for, uh, for multiple reasons, and it uh, should be a lot of fun.
3: Absolutely. I'm sad. I'm missing it. Obviously excited for my friend's wedding, but uh, it's going to be just so loud uh, tomorrow night in the Swisher gymnasium, the historic Swisher gymnasium. I mean, that place it's electric. Frank, when we go to basketball games and J is playing any opponent, you talk about bringing in UNF, you know, the hated arch rival. And I think the, the easiest question that you have for Jordan Mincy is how do you defend Chaz Lanier? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, what, what how, how do you?
2: What what a what a year Chaz Lanier, the six four guard from UNF, finally getting a chance here. What a what a year he's having. What what is he averaging? Because he, he's you. had some plus thirty games. Hayes, he I mean, he has been just a remarkable 19. player. nineteen point nine. He's not. He's yeah. averaging twenty a game.
4: And I bet yep. you in league play it's even better.
2: I'll bet it is. Oh, sure. I'll bet it is. I mean, he. I mean, what what a year Chaz Lanier is having. And again, go see that, that 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 fun gym at Ju. I agree with what Lauren just said. Also, go to go to see the players. Go to see this guy, Chaz Lanier. If you, if you want to go see like fun basketball, man, He he's a really good player, so, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the other basketball story we talked about at the top of the program, uh, if you did not join us, the Florida Gator basketball team lost in overtime to Alabama. Lauren, in a weird sort of way, lost the game, but gained the respect of many, not just around here. We had kind of discovered it. I thought, did you? I know you had a concert. Did you? Were you able to listen to Jimmy Dykes? done some I, of it? Yeah, I
3: went back and watched the game. He went
2: back and watched. Okay, yeah. the. Uh, I thought Jimmy Dykes gained respect for Florida as the game went along. Did you sense that?
3: Absolutely, and I think because he kind of thought, all right, Florida's going to have to score all their points in the paint, and that's the you know the the way that Florida's going to have to beat Alabama because of the way the two teams are constructed. And I think all of a sudden he was like, wait a minute, this team can do a lot more than just that. And yes, that's part, that was part of the game plan. But I think the three-point shooting impressed him. And then one of the things he said, Hayes, that I loved was, Florida's passes are strikes. That's how Florida's pass; they are just born. strikes. And it was like, that's one thing, I don't know that I could have ever said it so eloquently, but in watching Todd Golden's basketball team, their, their passing is so good. And it's something that we haven't seen on a Florida basketball team in a while.
4: They do an excellent job of taking advantage of over-committing by the defense, and and that's the thing. I mean, you have to be impressed. Jimmy Dykes also uh, you know, raved about Todd Golden's uh, plans coming out of breaks, and, and Frank, you referenced that earlier, and, and they were spectacular. And, again, they weren't tough shots. I mean, he was drawing up basically dunks and layups coming out of timeouts. And, uh, you know, really that's something that, I mean, obviously Mike White wasn't very good at, but, uh, because he wasn't very good offensively. He was more of a defensive-minded coach. But I'd say even, like, Billy Donovan wasn't great at those sequences. Like, obviously, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, but if there was any kind of weakness in, in Billy, it was, it was sort of that. Uh, so, again, long way to go here, but it, it's why I, I don't think Todd Golden's going to be at Florida very long, because I think schematically he is yeah. exceptional. And, uh, and I think the more talent that he does get there, I, I, I would be surprised if, if Florida, if, if Florida is the destination, but again, if yeah. you know, you tip your hat to him and if he gives you four or five great years, then, uh, you know, y- you, you, you move on, but Todd golden, I think has earned a lot of respect from the national analysts this year for how he's handled this team and how, I mean, again, the, the, the offense that they've been able to create. From a program where that was not the identity uh, and certainly what they weren't very good last year in his first year. Uh, but now to have a, an offense that's seventh in the country in scoring and even in Kim Palm has them 11th in offensive efficiency. So it's not like, well, they're scoring a lot because of tempo and, you know, they're taking more shots. So, of course, they're seventh. Well, I mean, their efficiency is elite as well. So Florida has an elite offensive mind as its basketball coach
2: right now. Boy, I've Absolutely. got to begrudgingly agree with you on the fear that he could get scooped up either by an NBA team <clears throat> or a true blue blood. I hope that's not right, but there's no, there's no geographical tie for him. Even though he says he loves living there, he told us that. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah. Everybody I, loves
3: living in Gainesville. Yeah, but
2: yeah, you're right. But I, but I fear, golly, he's a, he's a good coach, man. He he's a good coach.
3: Here's to me, Frank. Why. If you're a Gator fan and, and you're on the side of it was a moral victory, even though we don't like those. Last year when Florida played Alabama, they lost by 28 points. This team went toe to toe. could have certainly won the game. Right. That's a that's a massive upgrade.
2: Well, that's the thing. They've become a good team. Last year they weren't a very good team. Koasey Reeves might have been their best player last year. He he, he wouldn't have Tassleton been. Castleton was. He, he, well, you're right, but I mean after, after Castleton got yeah. hurt, it was it was Kugel and yeah. Koasey. The bottom line is Reeves, wait,
4: who's just a guy at Georgia Tech now right? on a bad Georgia Tech.
2: Team. He wouldn't be in the Florida top eight or nine rotation. He wouldn't be. No, off, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't let off, her. He wouldn't get off, He wouldn't let her. He wouldn't get off the bench. So I, I um, yeah. They that's the amazing thing of what Golden's done. He has turned in one year in his second year there. He's turned them into a good team. I mean, he is, and I mean, he, a you, legitimate you, team, yeah. a legitimately good. It's yeah. clear they have a legitimately good team, and you you can sense it that, that, and that's it's legit, man. They have, you know. I don't know the I don't know the recruitment of Pullin, how it went. What I do know is they were about they got him, the 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 guy they really wanted that went to Kansas State, who was that? A smaller guard. There was a smaller guard that went from one of the Texas schools, Texas San Antonio or Texas State, and he went to Kansas State. It was down to Florida, and then they weren't going to take Pullin if they if they'd have gotten this guy, it was like a six foot guard who can shoot it. Who went to Kansas State?
3: Was it Tyler Perry?
2: Yes, Tyler Perry. Do you remember that they they tried to get? I remember through, that he was from some Texas school and he transferred to Kansas State. I don't know if you remember this or not. Kind of now that and, you're saying and, it. And if yeah. they and if they'd have gotten Tyler Perry, they weren't taking Pullin. Pullin was almost a fallback. Can you imagine? I mean, and maybe Tyler Perry's good too. I don't he
4: know. He is. He's fifteen point one points yeah. a game this year, four point six assists. So, yes, so they're both good. They're both really good. But but, but that mean, again that speaks to Golden that that was. Yeah, it's not like he the was. Plan it's was not like he though. was wrong on Perry. Right. Perry would have been fantastic. Right. Uh, but uh, but Colin has been. I mean, honestly, Collin might be the most consistent guard they've had in my lifetime.
2: I mean, certainly I mean, he he you is, can't.
4: I mean, he's, he's
2: he, he he is ridiculously consistent. He is Dan Cross. He is as Dan Cross as anybody they've ever had. Cross and Brown. He's physical like Cross. He's got those big, broad shoulders where he looks like a football player like Cross. He can shoot it when he has to. He's a great free throw shooter. I'm telling you, he this guy is Dan Cross all over again.
3: By the way, Tyler Perry on that K State team plays with Quez Glover.
2: How about? I didn't know. Isn't that. not that crazy? I thought Glover. And he's went to averaging Charlotte. almost. Didn't he go to Charlotte? I think.
3: First? I think he so went his third team. Yeah, I think he went. to Charlotte. I didn't Real know speed. that. Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah. He's averaging almost 15 points a game. Glover Quez, is. Yeah, Quez Glover is. How about is that?
2: Uh, is, yeah. a, is that just, for this season?
3: Yeah, I just looked it up. At least I'm pretty sure.
2: The guy that used to be, I, I, he went to Charlotte. I didn't think he was very good. Good for him. I I Maybe I, that's not this season. I don't think. Maybe it is. I lied. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, So it's a different guy.
3: It is quite Glover, but it must not be this season.
2: Okay. So I, I didn't realize he went there. Anyway, the the Florida basketball team has got a chance. That that's yeah. that's the the bottom line is going to be a tough out
4: for anybody. Yeah. To, yeah. That they're, they're, see. they're
2: they're they're going to beat Vanderbilt and Missouri, and they're going to get that will make them twenty and eight overall and ten and five in the league. They'll already have their ten wins. That I was worried could they get there. With three games to play, and they they could sweep. They could get. They could win twenty three games and, and win thirteen in the league. I mean, they, they yeah. They
4: they could win yeah. their final five.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're going to win them all.
4: I think they might be favored in all five. Yeah,
2: they, they might be. Yeah, if, well, yeah, you're right. So, but uh, let's say if let's say they go three and two. Okay, they win. They're going to win the first two. Let's say they go one and two in those last three games, just for the sake of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's twenty one and ten and eleven and seven. Win a game in the tournament, and that's a six or seven seed. It's yeah. worse, isn't it? I, th- I, th-
4: I think so because, again, they have no bad loss, yeah. which you know, the committee will take into consideration. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think as, as long as they beat sweep Vandy, beat Missouri, uh, then I think they're going to have uh, a really sensational resume uh, you know for getting off that 8-9 game. But, yeah, go beat South Carolina on the road. That's a quad one win. Uh, certainly if you beat Alabama at home, that's a quad one win. And, uh, you know, and, and then in the SEC tournament, you're probably looking at at least one quad one opportunity because I think it, on a neutral court, I think it has to be a – your opponent has to be a top 50 in the net, and most of the SEC teams are.
2: Yeah, so uh, so we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. Let's by the way, a, a lot of
3: close games real quick, Frank, for Florida, and that I think also benefits them. Like, it seems like – obviously, they've been to overtime multiple point. times, Very but they've point. also had just other games that come kind of down to the wire, and whether they win or lose, the experience is good.
2: Yeah, by the way, I just saw this. Uh, maybe I missed this. Mohammed is it? Is
3: Diabate, it, which is the exact same name as the former Florida football player, uh,
2: is suspended for three games. Am I reading this right? Maybe I saw it wrong. Did he did he suspend it for three games for the for the elbow? Ah, uh. unless i if I'm seeing this on a, on a on a regular this said, this has a different last name though, so maybe I'm seeing it wrong. But it looks it's like,
4: Wagu is
2: the guy that did it, right? Okay, yeah, Wagu wasn't Diabate, whoever it was. Um, I thought it was Diabate too, but anyway, whoever it was. Um, this says the Florida Basketball Hour, which is a pretty good site, pretty good um, handle here. Alabama's Muhammad Wagu will be suspended three games by the SEC for his vicious elbow to Alex Condon last night. Oh, it says multiple sources. It's not. It's not official. Gotcha.
3: Yet, so. And they have two Muhammad's. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. we're
2: confused. Yeah, and by the way, I don't, don't want to say this is it is gospel because he just says um, it just says the uh, uh, this is just a Florida a Florida fan site essentially says so maybe it's not true. So we'll keep an eye on it. It wouldn't even call it for a foul, by the way. It no, it they even call called, it, called it on the it guy They guy called it on condom. On, on the film. victim. So we'll see whether or not that's true or not. But again, I don't want to – And Alabama
4: anything. had another instance later on that was called for a flagrant one that was a ridiculous yeah. play. Yeah, where he, he tried he, to trip him. He basically, he, he yeah, hand. just yeah. grabbed his foot. Yeah, I mean, no
2: come on. We'll take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program with news and notes. Stay with us.
1: The Frangy Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks.
2: Together as one, there are people dying. Oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life,
6: the greatest gift of all.
3: Change. so good
2: isn't that good that's that's so good that's the real one yeah by the way james ingram never did much after that but he was all the rage at the time that's why he got two lines in it did you remember james ingram james ingram i did not oh him. yeah he, he he got he got he got two lines in it because huh. he was all the rage then
3: i've never heard of him yeah, yeah. so yeah, i'll yeah, learn yeah. more about him when i watch
2: it. you know
4: this It was he what did they show him in the documentary yeah
2: uh Yes, glossed over it, but they did because
4: they showed like Al Jarreau, Al who was <laughs> yeah. wasted. Yeah, and the
2: uh, the uh, but but if you, you said
3: it was like late yeah. at night. I mean, yeah. no, it worked. Hey, so? Yeah, they showed James
2: Ingram. <laughs> they showed James Ingram in the documentary, but he uh, okay, that's interesting. But He was all the rage. He was he was the, he was the the crooner guy. Well, your heart. Isn't that good? Oh yeah, that's Dana Ross. Yeah.
4: I know Richie was like, yeah, a, wine, a bottle of wine would come in and I'd have to he take says, it back out.
2: Because Al Jarreau, <laughs> yeah. he said, Al was getting looped up. Yeah.
3: <laughs> good stuff. Again, uh, the documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop, came out recently, Willie Nelson singing and It now. was so
2: good. It yeah. was so good. I'm going to go watch good. it again. I'm going to watch the whole documentary That again. would not
3: surprise me. All right, uh, I just saw Denver Parler tweeted this out. He's got the top 10 highest scoring duos in Florida men's basketball history the last, I should say, the last 50 seasons. I don't know if there's okay. anyone before oh, that, and neither right. will anyone
2: else. So it doesn't matter. All right. all
3: right. So Walter Clayton Jr., Zion Pullen, who of course we talk a lot about, they are eighth on the list.
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start throwing some out. Okay. Um, I'm gonna Moten and Maxwell. That's they it. are number one. That's okay, they it's had to be, be one. They had to be one. Um, uh, Cross and Brown.
3: They are not on the list.
2: Let me say this: one. Where are Ronnie Williams and Vernon Delancey?
3: Number two on the list.
2: How About that. Nice. Did you have well, that one? I would not have gotten okay. that. Uh, I would have thought they oh, would. Oh,
3: and by the way, I need to also give you Maxwell and Moten are also number three. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so, so multiple. So, games. Moten yeah. and Maxwell, you knew would be high. Yeah. Ronnie Williams and Vernon Delancey, the team wasn't very good, mm-hmm. but they respected it. I was in school then. Oh, so, okay. so, that, that, so I, that's, how, that's how they were. So, I was, I was in school or getting out of school right around when they played.
3: Yes. Yeah, so, there's one other repeat. You haven't gotten it yet, but there's one other repeat in okay. the
2: list. Um, okay. Uh... Roberson and Walsh. They have to be on it. Come in at number seven. They had well to be done. They, well yep. done. They would absolutely be on it. They would have to. And was they a are also number nine. Team, but they yeah. were. Yeah. 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 So they're seven and nine. That was oh, the well, other one. Well, and so good and Ronnie Williams and Vernon Delancey were on the lost 102 to 48 team. Oh, wow. Because that's all they had. Okay. But they were freaking great.
4: Yeah. They were and great. Roberson and Walsh were. Yeah. They've sort of yeah. been lost in history because. Those teams underachieved, and that was when yeah. Florida fans were like, "Gosh, Billy, you know why? Why can't he get deep in the tournament? Mm-hmm. We're losing, we we're I think yeah. Michigan State beat him as like a ten seed, like right, right. seventy-one to forty-five, yeah. and it was you know so Robertson oh. and Walsh leave, and then the here come the
2: O fours. <laughs> yeah, so so let me think who else would be on that list. So we got Moten and Maxwell, Williams and Delancey, Moten and Maxwell again. Those yep. were those we, were easy, and again yep. we know Pullen and Clayton. Is there like anything? No, it doesn't go back to the sixties, right? So, that's so, correct. So it doesn't go ahead. Neil Walker, Tony Miller wouldn't be on there. Correct.
3: Okay. And I can tell you Would that Mike
2: Miller have had a partner. What I can't think
4: of anybody. I don't think no. they had, they, I, they, they were spread out there. Yeah, that's so, what.
2: Hang on, I'm gonna. So there's. I'm trying. I to,
3: can tell you. So there's a couple guys who you've said, and they're on this list with a different person.
2: Oh, so
3: um, like for instance, Vernon Maxwell makes the list three times.
2: Oh, he does. So yep. no, not Clifford Let. Nope. Uh, Shintze. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So
3: that's number five on the list. I see, I
2: forgot Maxwell, Maxwell and Cinchess played
3: did. together. Yep. Yeah. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, yep. Th- and the then year. Ronnie Williams is on the list again with a different player.
2: With it wasn't Vernon Delancey. Was he, that's he? the that's Eugene the, McDowell. Uh huh. Yep. Oh, number four, Eugene darn. McDowell. So
3: oh. that was eighty-two, eighty-three. Yeah. Okay, okay. I would never have gotten that. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Shinsis is on the list again.
2: Chapman.
3: Uh-huh, yep. With Livingston, Livingston Chapman. Chapman.
2: Livingston, who was, who could have been a great player. Yeah. Could have been a great and
3: player. And I wouldn't have gotten a lot of these, but I definitely would never have gotten number 10. I just wouldn't have thought about it. But the hint is I was in college when these two guys played together.
4: Uh, it's not Mike Miller. No.
2: DuPay and- Nope. Uh,
3: but they're on along the right lines.
2: Haslam? Uh-huh. Haslam and, and Brent Wright? Haslam and Miller? Nelson, Nelson, Brett. Brett. Oh, no, I would never okay. have gotten Udonis yeah. Hazel that's and a, Brett that's Nelson. A, those yeah, that's are a great. surprise. Who's the? What's the? Is the oldest one on the list Williams and Delancey? Yes. Okay, so that's that's how far back they went. Because Neil well, Walken, Neil Walken, walking, somebody. Well, Neil had Walken, to be Neil and Tony <laughs> Neil and Tony Miller. Yeah, Neil walk was the second pick at the draft. Right, and Tony Miller's one of the greatest scores in school history. So at some point, sixty nine or sixty eight, Tony Miller and Tony Miller, by the way, who was at the Georgia game I went to, he was a star in sixty eight. Oh, that's he cool. Was, yeah, he was still there.
3: All right. Uh, A little Jaguars football for you. So Warren Sharp tweeted out the Jaguars rate of stuffed runs for no gain, which was 25 percent, was the highest of any team over the last five years. Yes. For an insane 40 percent of running back runs gained one yard or less. That was, of course, the worst in the NFL from week five onward. 28.4 percent were stuffed for no gain or loss, also worse than the NFL.
2: Yeah, it, which is one of the reasons I am I'm the one that tends to defend the play calling. I just end to defend Trevor. Sure. And and I don't want I mean, look, I'm the play by play voice of the team. I don't want to be super critical of teams I call, but Hayes, the 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 run blocking, the interior of the line. Was as bad as I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. I mean, honestly, and I, you know, I'm not that guy, but it was. was, I'm just being honest. It was maybe as bad as I've ever seen.
4: It's gonna be fascinating to see, certainly for a good team, what Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke say about Luke Fortner next week. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean, they've had plenty of time to evaluate now, and I, you know, is it a? Is it? He's going to get an endorsement because they're not going to cut Luke Fortner. He's cheap, and they've got him for two more years, but. Uh, is it, is it tepid? Is it, we're going to add competition? Is it Luke's definitely our center? You can write it in ink. You know, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing now that they've been distanced from particularly Doug from the regular season. Cause he was kind enough to meet with reporters like the day after the season ended. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing what they say. Cause I mean, it, and it's not all Luke Fortner, but that was, Certainly a major part of it. If, if they believe Ezra Cleveland is the solution at left guard, that's fine. I can get behind that. Uh, and they're going to just replace uh, Sheriff with, a, I would assume, a veteran right guard. Uh, that's fine. But what are you doing about center? Because it just can't be Luke Fortner and an undrafted free agent rookie is your guys competing there. It needs to be Fortner. And look, Luke Fortner may figure it out. Luke Fortner may get stronger. He may have a great offseason. Maybe he was bothered by an injury that was undisclosed. And, and maybe, you know, he really improves in year three. But they've got to have an insurance policy, like a good one, like somebody that is absolutely on par that can step in and be somebody that can start 17 games at center for this team if necessary.
3: Yeah, I think that's a fair question to Doug and Trent. I mean, you did not – play very well offensively you couldn't run the football a lot you had your quarterback like we have talked about extending his arm how do you fix that what went wrong and how do you fix it I think that's a very fair question uh senior director director of the senior bowl Jim Nagy tweeted this out yesterday he said that after talking to NFL scouts he gathered that two position groups are deeper than what the league thought prior to mobile center and corner we just talked about center also corner so that is good news for the Jaguars
2: yeah I saw that you need depth in numbers I kind of agree with Hayes though and Lauren, I think you've said it throughout the week. I don't think you want to keep stockpiling young offensive linemen upon young offensive linemen without at least going and getting a veteran mm-hmm. guy. I, I, I would think you would pursue a veteran guy at one of those two spots in or right guard. I, I would, I, I would think that. Hayes, you made a great point about the the JPJ guy that everybody's falling in love with. If the Jags drafted him, they're admitting they whiffed on Fortner. And it's too early for that. Your, your point, I didn't think about that you said it a few days ago. But that, so, yes, so they're not drafting center no. at 17.
4: I don't believe so. But corner, I think, even with the depth, yes. I think corner could be a possibility at 17. And, look, you could always double down. You know, take a corner at 17, take a corner in the fifth round. Uh, you know, and, 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 again, it doesn't have to be corner. But I wouldn't let the depth of the draft dissuade me if the star corner falls to 17, and the star in their eye.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The 2024 Fresh from Florida Sunshine Showdown between Florida and Florida State Baseball is back at the baseball grounds. That's one to one financial ballpark. They are going to have first pitch at 6 p.m. And the tickets are now on sale. It is Tuesday, March 26. Frank, that is going to be some excellent baseball between Florida and Florida State. that yeah, night.
2: You the Good news and the bad news. Good news is I love it when they come to town to play. Bad news is I think I'm on vacation so I think I won't be here mm. when they play. That doesn't mean I won't be at the game if I'm home, but uh, I think we're going to get away for a few days.
3: Okay, yeah. Well, but then, yeah, The yeah, Rangers Show will be there.
2: Yes, it will be there, and we it's a fantastic You can bet your bottom
3: dollar game. on it. Absolutely uh, In the world of baseball, Shohei Otani will be the designated hitter when the Dodgers open their season in South Korea, March 20th and 21st. Also, Yoshinobo, Yoshinobo Yamamoto and Tyler Glass now are currently on track to start.
2: I saw this the other day that the guy was was covering the Dodgers, and he bumped into Tyler Glasnow and Chris Archer together. <sighs> Archer's now oh. on a special assistant to the Dodgers GM.
3: Oh, I didn't realize that.
2: And Glasnow there. So how about that? That's what I got going for me. Freaking Tyler Glasnow. <laughs> by the way, he, he's not on the Rays or the Pirates. They're not helping the Rays or the Pirates now, just so you know.
3: Yeah, that's understandable. All right, let's say hello to Hacker.
2: Now, the
0: two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit Tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. What's
2: up, huh?
6: I get to become a Rays fan again for a couple of months. I'm yeah, excited you, about you, that. You don't
2: start until about July, August, don't you? Well,
6: usually, well, that, that's true. I tried to get into it last year and I made yeah. it to OTAs. Yeah, yeah. All right, but once OTAs got yeah, here, it was yeah. kind of like football's back. Who,
2: who are you watching on the Rays this year? Who are you gonna be locked in on?
6: Um, hold on. <laughs> I I remember a lot of them. I remember a lot of them. Evan I Think, I think about, wild thing,
2: Rick Vaughn. Yeah, no, Esteban
6: Yan and Wilson Alvarez. How about, yeah,
2: Evan. I mean, Evan Longoria. I heard is going to have a big year. Yeah, I, I like Roberto
6: Hernandez yeah. out of the bullpen. If they
2: can pitch David Price into the sixth most nights, yeah. I think it will be okay. It's all
6: about Bubba Trammell and how he can handle the uh, the curve there in the sixth <laughs> inning. Absolutely.
2: Oh goodness. Uh, what about that game last night, the Gator game? Yeah,
6: that was unfortunate. Um, boy, how about the big elbow smash that they didn't even. Uh, review or anything absolutely yeah. ridiculous well, something it well, was something called the foul on on <laughs> right? he got he got the macho man randy savage big elbow to the back of the head right. and he's the one that got the foul that was oh, ridiculous right. and they
3: tripped a gator earlier at the flagrant one they should have known that it yeah. I mean, happen.
6: a missed opportunity in the grand scheme of things is it going to affect their place in the tournament probably not if you beat vandy twice and you beat missouri you have 21 wins i mean you're a lock at that point yeah. but it could have Boosted obviously their tournament seeding in the SEC tournament, so maybe you get revenge on Alabama in a couple of weeks when
2: they come uh, to Gainesville. I thought the story though was we now know Florida's pretty damn good. They're good. I, I think the story that came out. I know. I know everyone says you're not supposed to have moral victories, but I, I'm serious now. I, I told Hayes and Lawrence this. I think the story that came out of there, they're pretty damn good.
6: Yeah, I, they didn't drop at all in well, like one in the, spot. Uh, in the they net. dropped one spot. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Net. Yeah, no, they're they, net. They, they, they stayed at 20. the Oh, They were already twenty-nine. Yeah. Okay,
2: so they were. They're 20, I mean, so I mean, I look, they're. I think John Rothstein tweeted this, and he's right. If you're a one seed, that's not the eight seed you want to see. No, now, no. That now, now. I'm not saying they're going to beat Purdue or Arizona or UConn, but that's not the eight. That's not the kind of you. If you're a one seed, you need to hope they go up to the six seeds. So you're not seeing them for a while. I would like to get out of that eight-nine matchup. Yeah, yeah.
6: I'd much rather be a seven or a well, ten sure. than yeah. an eight or a nine. I told Hayes
2: that. I'd rather be I'd rather be an eleven than a, than an eight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Absolutely. So, yeah, so all right. What's coming up tonight?
6: Yeah, David Steele, the voice of the Orlando Magic. Frank, I know you go way dear, back with a, him. A dear friend, tell him hello, please. I will. Uh, David Steele is going to join us as the NBA second half starts up tonight. So we're going to have David on at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. And Luke Easterling of Athlon Sports and SI, one of their main draft guys, will join us at about 6.20 as we preview the combine next week.
2: Hacker after the doc right now. Thanks, Hacker. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, that'll do it for our program. But uh, tomorrow, you're gone.
1: I am. Have fun. Thank you.
2: Enjoy your – I will actually see you tomorrow because you'll be at our ribbon cutting. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Looking forward to it. Glad
3: the sun will be shining.
2: That'll be – yes, the sun's (laughs) going to have a lot of fun. The mayor will be out there. A lot of folks will be out there. We'll get to say hello to them. But then you've got a wedding and a vacation, so uh, have a blast. Have
3: yes, fun. a friend's wedding, uh, not mine, and then next week going to Puerto Rico. Just had to slide that in there.
2: <laughs> I get it. Uh, have fun. Uh, and, Hazen, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be live at Swisher for the River City Rumble. Actually, we'll be at River City, at the uh, River House for the program. We're out here. So long.